0: Get online and order yours at getdeadly.com. It's coffee so good, <coughs> it's scary.
2: Metro.
1: Greetings and welcome once again to another episode of the Retro Octopus cephala Podcast. The only show that celebrates all the things that made growing up awesome. We are part of the Dorkening and Inebriarch Podcast Networks. And as always, we are brought to you tonight, this very night right here, the one I'm talking on and about by Deadly Grounds Coffee, coffee to die for. I am your host of The Moment. My name is Parasite Steve, a.k.a. Steve Van Sampson. And with me, as always, are my, my just... Carnival midway ticket slinging cohorts, Nintendo. Collect your ticket. Try again. <laughs> I don't want to try again. And eight, but alchemy.
3: Five shots, just twenty-five cents. Shoot at your own risk. Handle guns with care.
1: <laughs> <laughs> There's no guns on this show, but there are a lot of uh, things that can yield tickets on this particular episode. Give me
3: them tickies.
1: The, yeah, yeah, that the, you know that's that's the ticket. That is the ticket, my friend, right there. It um, so obviously here on the uh, Retro Reduct Bascephala podcast, we do talk about tentacles. We do talk about shabibans, but we also talk a lot about video games. Video games are a definite uh, mainstay of what we talk about just overall we like them them. we're fans we're big into the video gaming but um, you know there's other kinds of kinds of gaming and we, we try to talk about that too we you know have an episode on card games and board games and you know all sorts of other things that bring joy. And we thought, you know what we have not covered at all are those kinds of games. You'd go to the carnival or the midway or to a, you know, Chuck E cheese or something like that. And they spit out tickets and that's really the point, you know, you're having fun. Sure. But really you are just trying to get more tickets. So what in the hell are those games called? Like, what is that category of thing? Right. And I think we've all experienced that category of thing. And it could be a fun idea for an episode. So here we are talking about that category of thing. Uh, hey. hey, and uh, we're going to do it for uh, about a little while. So anyway, um, for, six but, for six, at least six minutes, we will right? be talking about this. <laughs> so, these, so first, all right, let's just say they're called, these are called redemption games. And the reason they're called redemption games is because you play to get tickets, which you then redeem. So oh, any I game understand. Dude, that that yes. makes sense because yes. I actually
0: I never knew that's what they were called. No, me I, neither. I,
1: I just called like ticket games, ticket games, way, or, right? Like, yeah, I know. Whatever. Same, All right? Yeah,
3: skill games. I don't know. Right, yeah. exactly.
1: And there's obviously so many different uh types of games that fit into this category, but there's also um uh I I think it came out in the 70s. There was like there's a lot of history that we don't need to really cover tonight, but I read about and it's some of it's interesting. Uh, a lot of these like, you know, came and went and there are different versions because there was a ban on gambling from the 50s to the 70s and uh a lot of the landscape was affected by that. Like big time and then in the 70s when that ban was lifted, like everything kind of Exploded, and then and then throughout the 80s onward, you know, it just got bigger and bigger. And there was a, an invention somebody made that was literally called the Redeemer, and it was like it's the ticket component that sticks out the front, like that spits out all the tickets and holds the tickets. Huh. And it's smart enough to know. So when that became, you know, basically knocked off, when somebody came up with this like quote unquote third party, you know, it's not really the right <laughs> term, but right. you know, a third party redeemer, you know, whatever. Um, yeah. They, uh, they, people started to put them on everything like space invaders could now have a ticket component, you know, Um, there were kits, and people would do that. So um, that sort of started to happen in the 80s as well, which is, I think, pretty interesting. So really, whatever, you know, what's a redemption game really almost could be almost anything. It's yeah. just a matter of like, as long as it spits out tickets, right? Does it redeem yeah. you for tickets, right? Exactly that you then then to trade in for shitty prizes at the counter right. with uh with uh the guy Todd who really doesn't want to be there and you have to get his attention for ten minutes and he's on the phone and you're like Todd, come on Todd, I, I
3: want to redeem my ticket.
1: I know you see me, Todd. I'm I'm right in front of you. I need um, those
3: airheads. <laughs>
1: Right. So, anyway, they, they play play spent, he, spent like $5. he spent like five dollars.
0: He spent like five
3: dollars on those tickets to get that.
1: that oh, we were like 50. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like let's be real. Walked out of there
3: with six rolls of Chinese <laughs> finger trap and an airhead, and you're like,
0: <laughs>
1: you're it's like, I can you can buy it, it
3: for like 10 cents. At like, <laughs> yeah,
1: but it's not about the prize, it's about <laughs>
3: the journey, man, right? It's about the redemption arc.
1: right yeah so anyway we've all been there you know we've all had these uh these you know fun times with these types of games so first of all i want to uh mention at the top of the episode that uh, a lot of the historical information that i will be spewing forth from this episode comes from various places on the net uh but one of them uh is specifically this really just really super great 2022 article on tedium.com which was written by michael bentley And I just really wanted to shout that out. We're not, you know, uh, stealing anything. We're just retelling his amazing uh, story. Uh, So that's actually on tedium.co. And there will be a link to it in the show notes. And the name of the article is The Arcade Ticket Redemption Game History. He has. It's just a very long article. And it's very, 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 very interesting. If you are at all titillated by any of the stuff we touch upon tonight, you should check that article out. As I said, I'll, I'll put the link in the show notes. So, um all right, first off, let's second off, I guess that was the first off. What what the heck is a redemption game? All right, well, you know, we kind of already said it, but so A, let's say the machine has to be coin-operated, first of all. Secondly, it has to incorporate some degree of skill. So it can't just be a completely random thing like a slot machine. That's not technically the same thing. It has to be some, even if it's kind of rigged, it's something that you are physically doing to you know, affect the outcome basically. Right. Okay. It also has to automatically reward tickets, tokens, or electronic points. Uh so if you have a you know a current like Dave and Buster's or something like that, and you have a card and they go, it's the same thing. As long as you're redeeming those things for something else later, then it's the same thing. Uh and its rewards can be combined with winnings from other machines for prizes. So that's another thing. Like you have to, you know, I guess the the, the point is you know you go on these go to these you know, there is a term I found, I didn't write it down, but it's like a hall, you know, and we think of it as like an arcade now, but it didn't have to be. Um, so in the US, what we think of as a modern redemption game, uh, you know, where did these things start? Um, you know, I in my head, my best guess was Coney Island. Uh yeah. I I that that was a hundred percent uh my yeah, guess. Yeah,
3: definitely where my head went too.
1: Um, and in fact, it was uh, nearby, uh, not too far away. The Jersey Shore in the 1930s were where these really took off. Um, and, you know, it was it was a thing until they put the ban on uh uh, gambling in the 50s and that was through the 70s so anyway um so it actually uh the history of these games uh goes back further than that so i think uh to start things off we're all going to take some turns uh just just spotlighting some extra old games that you won't necessarily remember the first one you definitely don't know so anyway uh 8-bit why don't you take it away my friend
3: all righty i would love to uh so the first game that we're going to talk about is a a very early example of a redemption game, and it is called the Trade Stimulator, which is not a great name. Uh, <laughs> landing uh, on a two or a three on this wheel of numbers grants you a extra cigar for your nickel <laughs> uh, these countertop machines became popular in american saloons during the 1880s and they're used spreading to cigar confectionery and general stores uh, they were produced in a wide range of designs and operated by inserting a corn coin and pulling a lever the player then stood to win prizes of cigars, cigarettes, and candy and other goods. If a winning combination of numbers came up, thus stimulating trade. <laughs> I mean, this was like back in the day where they're like, let's name things literally. <laughs> like, you know, why should I come up with a fancy name for this?
0: This can um, be great for kids.
3: <laughs> right. You know, I mean, in a candy store, you know, maybe, uh, but, yeah, the, the thought of there being, like, a, a cigar or something in there. You know what I equate this to? I equate this to, like, the, the Taco Bell coin game where you used to have to drop the coin and, like, land it on the bottom little panel. Oh, for charity, and you, yeah. And you'd win a free taco. So it's, like, it's not, like, you know, it, it's, like, something just to keep you a little busy and throw mm-hmm. a few extra quarters while you're already at the store you know, and maybe you'll score uh, a free piece of piece of merchandise or whatever.
1: Right. mean, Uh, it's funny because it is it's gambling. I mean, that's that's truly. I mean, this doesn't
3: that's all all that is. There's no no skill involved. You just hope that you get a a combo that works.
1: Right. Like, strictly speaking, this does not actually fulfill the requirements of a redemption game because, A, you're not getting tickets. You're getting merchandise specifically. So I guess if it's a thing that you get direct merchandise it's not you know you're not redeeming anything then it is it is not a it's not a redemption game it's a quote-unquote merchandiser Mm
3: -hmm. so technically
1: this would be considered a merchandiser and um and it also does not require skill so it's interesting but this is a very very early the earliest i could find uh example of what became the redemption game it's just basically like this box and it looks like it has the wheel of fortune on the front and and you has a coin slot on top And most of the numbers are one, but there's a couple twos and a three, and like that's pretty much it. It'll just land on whichever one it lands on, right? So weird. So if it lands Uh, on
3: one, do you just get one of a prize? I think
1: nothing is my okay. Nothing. I, 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 that's that's what I think. I'm not. That would
3: make sense. Yeah.
1: Not a ton of information out there that I could find on these. Just a little bit, but. Interesting nonetheless, and it's yeah, funny definitely. to think of like, oh, I could win a cigar mm-hmm. or, a, or a smoke <gasps> or lose five cents or lose, five- <laughs> yay! Yay! I lost, I lost five cents.
0: My favorite, <laughs> I love losing five cents.
1: <laughs> so that's that, and uh, and that brings us uh, up. So that was like the late 1880s. Uh, mm-hmm. so I mean, this is a cowboy days, seriously. You know, and, I mean, you know. Not even twenty years after the Civil War, for crying out loud! You know so you, don't,
0: you don't get to win ammunition or anything, just cigars. Right? Correct. Correct. <laughs> Correct. Stogie.
1: Um. So going going forward, a, a bunch of years, uh, Nintendo, you have you have something.
0: I do. Uh. So you guys uh, may already know this. Uh, this this particular machine is like one of the most bullshit machines <laughs> ever. <laughs>
3: Full on. Full on
0: bullshit, right? Yeah. So these are the the claw machines or crane games. And uh the earliest cranes were known as diggers and relied on the novelty of using a toy crane to scoop up dirt.
1: But (laughs) I won. You can't
0: lose. Yes, I love dirt.
2: My
3: favorite and throwing away nickels, my two favorite things.
0: (laughs) Dirt cheap. I am dirt cheap. By the 1930s, they had evolved to resemble the machines we know today, but had cash prizes. This led to a national ban on all these machines from the 50s to the
3: 70s. Jesus. I mean. Which they
0: should be still banned because they're bullshit. They
1: They are Although I did want to, I wanted Donatello at
3: like a Walmart one time. That was a pretty good time. You
1: felt like the man.
3: It was honestly a couple of years ago. I couldn't believe it. It was total throwaway. I was like, there's no fucking way. And I. I, I have this stuff Donatello.
1: You felt like Splinter. You're like, you're like, come to me, my son. Come to me, my son. Oh, I won a prize. ha, ha. I made a funny. Um, Yeah, really crazy. Like, I think I couldn't find exactly like when the original, original ones came out, but you know, by the 1930s, they had evolved. Like, my God, these things are old, old, old. Yeah. Um, so there Can't was a... anything
3: evolving in the
1: 30s. Yeah, right, right. Like certainly yeah. not, <laughs> not not a Pikachu or anything. Right. No. <laughs> no, no certainly. Thunderstones. They have, around. Yeah, they didn't have thunderstones. Good yeah. I mean, they they didn't have up. electricity back then. I mean, no. They, no. The only they, electricity. I mean, they, they, okay, they, they, they had it was, in the, the, the 20s, but the they really had like the Super like, Saiyans. The yeah.
0: The Super Saiyans, like yeah,
1: yeah, they couldn't
3: even go SSJ one. What
2: the
0: fuck? Bullshit.
3: This is like this is
1: like SSJ negative 50 yeah um so there there is a a company i i think i don't know if the company was called Erie, but there's a machine that was kind of like the most when i was when i was looking this up the one i kept finding the most was called the eerie digger and it's e creepy (laughs) oh not like that (laughs) no it's (laughs) e-r-i-e and uh is that how you spell like eerie no there's two e's it's yeah actually
3: no hold on now i'm full of shit let me try (laughs) lake erie um, yeah, it's E R I E. So, so it's the same as this. Yeah, same. so okay.
1: it's possible yeah. it was it was from that same area. I'm not really sure, but so the Erie Digger, I did learn that it came in three different varieties. Uh, the the one I found a cool picture of, I'm looking at, is the Erie Digger Electromatic, and uh, the original one, uh, the original couple, the only thing that ran on any electricity at all was there was a light bulb. They could plug it in, and there was just a light that's it yeah every other component of it was just all manual and even this one it does actually look like it has the original manual controls so super interesting on the outside it looks very very similar to what we think of as a claw machine inside it was a literal toy crane so like a construction equipment like a crane and it would swivel and it had the neck and it had the scoop and the, the rope and all that stuff. Um, it worked, it was a toy crane and it was controlled by this single, uh, not a lever, but like a, 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 geez, I don't know what to call it. It's, it's like a handle and it spins around in a circle. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's weird. Like, I'm actually not sure what to call that, that control mechanism, but yeah, it has a handle that's on one side. It's not in the middle it's, it's of like the circle. A, it's a, it's a crank wheel, a crank, crank wheel. wheel. Sure. Right. Okay. Yeah. So it's yeah. like a, yeah, like that. So you hold, you hold the hand, handle it and you just spin it around and you didn't have it. There was no like push button or anything that said, okay, now go down. It was a matter of you put in the, the money. And, and this was dependent on what decade it came out because there was 20 years where they could, they made these, but you couldn't actually gamble with them. So it was like for fun or something, I couldn't quite find a definitive answer, but I know that they were uh, manufactured without coin slots for those years. So I'm not exactly sure how it even, what the even point of them were at that point, but anyway, so back to the mechanism. So you're, you're on the crank we you put in your quarter. you're probably a nickel or something or dime. Yeah. And you know, you're, you're cranking that wheel and basically all these mechanisms are in there and they're all doing different stuff. But basically what happens is you crank it, you crank it, you crank it. And it just kind of moves around. I don't think you can even really control really, truly what it's, where it's going to land at the end of the, there's like gears doing different things in there. And at the end of the cycle, it will do something that triggers the scoop to go down. It is at the end of this like big series of gears doing their thing. And it's one cycle through at the end, the the scoop will just go down. You keep, you know, it doesn't drop. You keep cranking. And now it, before it was the whole machine was turning around, but now you keep going and it will actually control the scoop and the scoop goes down and you keep cranking. And then the scoop comes back up. It's, you are all doing one direction on that crank wheel this whole entire time. It's just one direction on the crank wheel. Okay. And then when it's done, it will swivel back again, drop whatever it got or nothing into the spot. Uh, you know, like the redemption spot where you're going to get it probably nothing. And then it resets back to its starter position. And at that point it clicks. And now the gear, the gears are, all set to do it again in the opposite direction you literally go the other way if you try to do okay so it's just ingenious that like i I found a Mm. video there's a a guy on youtube who showed and explained it all and um he had the the thing open so he, he was explaining exactly like what was going on when and it's honestly just fascinating especially if you're into engineering in any way shape or form it's absolutely fascinating i showed mrs parasite and she thought it was just the coolest thing because it really is just this like feat of you know mankind's you know brilliance just to make the silly crane game that sucks (laughs) right right. so uh anyway these are just just like um just like the first game the trade stimulator these are technically merchandisers not redemption games right um but again they are very important similar games and um they uh apparently though they became like many other games like i was saying with like space invaders whatever they became merchandisers i mean uh redemption games eventually but that didn't really take off and become big until the 1990s so today you might find one that spits out tickets i don't even know if i've ever seen one that spits out tickets i i, I mean you just get the prize or you don't right but apparently yeah. they exist and so i don't know i don't even know how it would work but anyway kind of interesting if you're interested at all in the, the video i was talking about look up the eerie digger um on youtube and you'll find there's various videos and, and honestly it's it's all pretty interesting so moving on from the merchandisers that were kind of like the front runners of what we're talking about tonight. um, Let's, let's get right into like the ticket games, the actual point of the episode. So, so guys, I want to hear from you. um, Eight bit and Nintendo, like, what are your first memories of ticket games? And like, like, where did you see them? Where, where would you sometimes play them? Um, That kind of thing. What were some early memories of that?
3: Joe, you
1: wanna wanna take this uh, one? Sure. Um, when I was younger, I, I
0: was never really into the ticket games or the redemption games all that much. Um, although I do remember uh, Whack a Mole was mm. was one. <laughs> um, I remember you just grabbed them, like both mouths and you just beat the shit out of all the. <laughs> yeah, uh, right, the, the right. Are, right. Yeah, or there, there was an alligator one too. Hmm. Um, They'll just come out from the from the back and it stick their heads. This, this, out is it right just out called Gator? Like is Whack-a-tor it? Like, not, something like not that. Creative yeah. at all. Yeah. Um yeah, I mean, that, yeah. that's that's all I can think of, really. I, I loved I, that uh, one
3: actually. Yeah. The the, the, the whack-a-gator the Gator one. Yeah, yeah I, I, I totally forgot about that one.
0: I preferred that one over the whack-a-mole. Mm-hmm. They
3: also is made the best. They made the best noise because when you'd whack them on the head, they'd be like, ow.
1: Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah, and you just like keep whacking this <laughs> totally, yeah. like that was <laughs> the shit, yeah. yeah. They had that at Chuck E. Cheese, I remember loving that,
2: yeah.
0: yeah. Oh, yeah oh, and uh, in skee Ball, too, but I'll talk more about that later,
1: hmm. <laughs> right? I mean, so Chuck E. Cheese, you mentioned like Chuck E. Cheese came out, uh, as a big deal type of, uh, type of a thing, it was kind of the first of its kind. Uh, it's four kids it was called the Chuck E. Cheese, I think it was called the Chuck E. Cheese like Pizza Parlor or something like that. It had a had a longer name. Came out in uh the 77, I believe. And um yeah, it was it was really a a, a big deal. Well video games were just 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 starting. So it was more pinball and redemption games were starting to come back because finally the gambling gambling was okay like this type of gambling. Right. And um and so, yeah, it's like it's it's an amusement hall slash yes. restaurant for kids, basically. Um, And Chuck E. Cheese. Yeah. Amazing. Like they really were like the front runner even at the beginning of it. And they still are <laughs> pretty much the name everybody says today, I think. I mean, yeah. for kids, you know, mm-hmm. not like a Dave and Buster's sort of for, you know, teenagers or whatever.
3: No, that's and, for sure. I mean, old thinking thinking back to like arcades, you know, or anything with redemption games, it was definitely Chuck E. Cheese was the big one. Um, like mm-hmm. you, just, like you said, Joe, you'll talk about skee ball later. Played a lot of that. Um, mm. I also uh, remember like the like skating rinks having mm. redemption yeah. games. Yes, like exactly. they would always have like claw games. They would have, you know, sometimes they'd have skee ball. Sometimes there would be you know the the basketball hoop that you throw or whatever Mm -hmm. but um those were definitely the the big places for me and I remember going to Chuck E. Cheese a lot um I always liked the I don't know I I I really enjoyed the there's one game in particular where it's like a, a little like I think he's like a bean or something and he's like skiing and you have to like push a coin into it, and there's a spinning wheel with all these different slots, and each slot is worth a different amount of tickets. And you would like push the coin in at the right time, and it would go down this ramp and launch up like a ski ramp. Oh yeah! And it would go okay. through the little hole on the on the spinning wheel, and you would that get whatever the cyclone? ticket.
1: Is that cyclone? that's not the
3: cyclone? Cyclone is like with the spinning light <clears throat> that goes around. Yeah. Um, okay, but. I, for, I forget what it's called it's like i just remember it's like skiing themed hmm. and i could swear the guy was like a, a bean with like sunglasses i don't know i don't know
1: not a uh, human like being, but a bean <laughs> Um but
3: that yeah. game was really fun um i don't know i mean the, the the ticket games that i remember liking the most were like the ones that were actually fun to play and could get you tickets in the, you know because it's like mm-hmm. i feel like so many times it's one or the other it's like either the game's fun.
1: Or you can right. get to it. Oh, totally. So that's that is hilarious because that's what I was just thinking about. The one that comes to mind for me um, is this one called It's called the Big Mouth Clown. And that is the one where it's a big clown face and it has teeth. And you have a gun, a big, humongous like cannon, and it shoots like tennis balls. And you aim them at the teeth and you try to knock the teeth down. You guys remember this one? big mouth clown
3: i don't think i really saw that much yeah yeah so that one was
1: wicked fun because like you're controlling this big cannon it had like such a kick when you would press the trigger it was like ka-chunk you know (laughs) you really like i mean yeah it had quite the report due on friday okay so
3: so i found i found the game i was talking about it's called okay it's called smoking token Smoking token oh, is the name. And 1000%, that. the drawing is supposed to be a quarter, but it looks like a coffee bean guy. And I 100% never questioned it. I always just thought he was a coffee bean guy, but he's a token. But he's colored dark brown. So my whole life, I was just like, I don't know, it's the skiing game with the coffee bean. <laughs> not a coffee bean. <laughs> like, not at all. Oh. It's a fucking token. But he's got like the oh, ski goggles on. Oh, he's like
1: a snowboarder. I, I'm seeing he's a snowboarder ski-
3: he's, one. He's skiing. He's got skis on on the top. Okay, so I'm look. seeing
1: they must have made a snowboarder one too. Then okay. Oh yeah, no, like- I
3: see that one too. Yeah. No, so there's so the one that had yeah, you'll see it if you look up smoking okay. token. Um yeah. but yeah, so that one I remember playing a lot and and it was just like kind of easy. That's pretty funny. Easy and fun.
1: Yeah, nice. Well, anyway, the uh the the Big Mouth Clown, the problem with it was you didn't get crap. It was fun to, it was like you were saying, it was fun to play, but it's like, it was impossible to get more than like five tokens. So you're like, oh, uh, whatever, because that's, right, like, that why becomes the whole point. This? That becomes the whole point of oh, what you're doing. Oh yeah, like,
3: this guy. Okay. Yep. Yep. I totally remember that. It big. It was made by a
1: company called Meltech, which uh, was not. A company that came up more than that one time during my research for this episode there were other companies that came up over and over um a big a big one that kept coming up uh was this company it's it's called ice games and they always capitalize all three letters and uh ice stands for innovative concepts in entertainment so it's a cheat i hate cheat acronyms
3: Oh, come on! That's why. That's why you stopped seeing Ski Ball and you kept seeing Ice Ball after a while, because Ice Ball was okay. the Ski Ball knockoff from that company.
1: Oh, gotcha. So, they, but I never seems, got it. It seems like, like oh. that was their bag. That's what made them famous. It seems like of all the classic games, they didn't necessarily invent them, but they m- invented like. They, they they reinvented them, repackaged them, made them flashier, made them more fun, sold them, did really well with that. and then now, over time, yeah, there's a ton of games that they've you know created or their yep. variations. Uh, but ice games is is a is a big company right now who who sells to you know entertainment hall type places um, yep. and uh and they have actually a really fun website if you want to check out ice games, but nice yeah, That's so cool. anyway. Yeah, these yeah, like that that's that's cool. Like, you know, I th- I think it's just these kind of things where like Joe you said, you know, you weren't you weren't huge on them. It's like neither was I. You know, mm. obviously the two of us the three of us really gravitated towards arcade games Arcades, specifically. Yes. Yep. Not pinball, not, you know, we we've gotten into pinball so much like later, later. More, recently, right,
3: but, right, more recently but
1: back then it was like nope just arcades that is like i i honestly would go to Chuck E. cheese and i sort of would feel like i was wasting my money if i wasn't playing an arcade because i just loved them so much right. that that's nine times out of ten what i wanted to do but you know even then i would play the odd random game of whatever you know
3: thinking about like a, a town fair or something like that yeah i i used to really like the um uh, any of the water cannon games? Like I didn't oh, really like sure, yeah. I didn't really like oh, the yeah. ones where you had to toss a ball or get the ring on the bottle. Like I kind of just Never yeah, I didn't care for those. those. There, yeah. But the ones with the water jet gun, and you had to like mm-hmm. shoot the target, you know, in order to raise the thing all the way up. Those were wicked fun. Yeah, a lot of those always, always fun.
0: Those yeah. some where, where you shoot into a clown's mouth. Yes, and it was like a, a water balloon be like fill yes. up or whatever.
1: Right, okay. and the, usually the clown heads were they had their their creepily gaping mouth. Yeah, and they would be uh, shaking their heads from side to side really slowly. So you have to like try to. You know, aim the water in. It's it's just kind of disturbing yeah. when you think about it too long. But, uh, yeah, that was fun. And you blow up the water balloon and win a prize. And yeah. we have a winner.
3: I remember <laughs> Six Flags too having having those ones, and they'd call it like Roaring Waters or, or Raging Waters or okay. Rushing Water, some shit like that. But yeah, yeah. I don't know. Those are just fun because like the yeah. pressure coming out of those is like oh, yeah, man, it's a, so good. Be an awesome shower
1: yeah (laughs) you get to drink from the carnival no one's ever ever washed it oh it (laughs) tastes like pennies oh yes tastes like despair but yeah so i mean these are all like similar games you know you you would see redemption games at carnival midway type you know places those environments um uh, but you know there were other merchandiser type games, and I think a lot of times the, the what people think of with carnivals and midways is that you know you, you think of the big, huge stuffed animals that you can't possibly win because everything's rigged. I think that's yeah, right. That's what I think of for sure. Yep. Um, and there is like a serious, you know, business to to you know, uh, tricking carnival goers. I mean, like it was a. It was a big, big thing. It was like they would teach you how to be a scam artist, you know, like, like, for instance, the, uh, the milk, the milk bottle game you would see, right? So they would, they would, you know, weight the milk bottles, they would oftentimes they would put, uh, lead in them. And I read that the, uh, sometimes they could weigh 10 pounds each Jesus. And, um, they would give you a tennis ball or a bait. They would give you, no, a baseball, but, it was a specific baseball that had been like filled with cork so it was a lot lighter and then on top of that it's a stack of 3 milk bottles right that's what it usually was it's a stack of 3 but the trick was if you put that top milk bottle just a little bit forward and that was like really hard to tell from back where you are you're looking at it like from a couple feet away you're looking at it yep. straight on but if if that top milk bottle is forward a little bit. Um, it would absorb a lot of the blow. So even if you hit it from like dead center, it could still absorb it and not actually knock them over. Right. And uh, there's like all sorts of tricks for the different games and whatnot. So that's, that's a whole other thing, but that's, what's great about the redemption and the redemption games we're talking about. Really. There's no cheating. It's just a matter of some of them are hard for deceptive reasons. Uh, And certainly as electronics became more a part of it, um, you know, that that's a thing like those ones where you're trying to stop the light from going around the circle. And it's like, you know, you can't tell me, I mean, even if you learn exactly how long it takes to stop and then magically you do it like, you know, 25 times and you're perfect and and you're like, okay, but when I do it on the jackpot, it magically goes past it. And you're like, no, come on, you know. So there is like a level of bullshit, yeah, I think, yeah, you know, specifically. But there's, you know, some of the other ones are, are just, you know, skee ball, that kind of stuff. It's all you, you know. And I think that that's that's really fun. That could be really fun. Mm-hmm. Um. So before we, um, so yeah, I, I don't I don't anticipate this episode being super duper long tonight, guys. Um, just just to, just maybe just an in and out sort of a thing tonight. Um, um but. Before we get to the Octoponder, um, I thought it would be fun because I actually think that this could have been the Octoponder. But instead of uh, asking two of our Retroids, because we already got a great bunch of responses from the uh, the actual question, I'll just ask uh, you guys what you what you think. Can you think of any... You already mentioned one, Mr. it. Can you think of any memorable prizes? Was there ever a time where you would like... You know, you're at you're at whatever place, and you're like, oh, I gotta have that, and then you're like, okay, screw it, I'm gonna play whatever over and over, and God damn it, I'm gonna get it, or or even better, if you went back multiple times, and you're like, I'm saving all my tickets so right. I can get whatever the thing is. Yeah. Um, let's go in the reverse order a bit. Do you do you have anything else? So you said Donatello. So-
3: So that, yeah, and that was just like literally last year or something like that was just a luck of the crane game. As far as turning in tickets, oh man, I mean, I remember very specifically having a um, Game Boy
1: SP <laughs> you know, there's always
3: I never I never could save up for anything like actually expensive. You know <laughs> that shit is just bananas. It's like oh yeah, forty five thousand tickets. Yeah. It's like why the actual shit <laughs> right, would I bother? Right, um, right. But no, I remember I remember you know Chuck E Cheese was the main place I was getting prizes from, and there was this one slinky that I had <laughs> that was like a rainbow slinky, and that thing was the shit. <laughs> I really liked this rainbow slinky. Um, but it was made of plastic so it didn't like it didn't work the best, but I really really liked it. I think it. I, I, I think I remember this. Yeah, I got I it, it I tangled, I remember, and I couldn't like fix it, so it always had like this one snaggle like in it. But yeah. um the rainbow slinky I was such a huge fan. It just looked so cool like to just keep moving it apart and putting it back together and seeing the colors like how they would seem so saturated when you clamped them all together and then when you pulled them apart they had seemed so faded oh i do remember and it was this. just like I, yes. it was so awesome yes.
1: i i remember um, the slinky absolutely i
3: i really liked that uh i can't recall if there was if there was another like big ticket item but uh also in recent years but like probably in the past decade um there was an arcade that was around called round 1 And they were in, like, malls and stuff like that. Fight! (laughs) And uh, I remember there were some really good machines there to get tickets from. A lot of those were, like, kind of the modern Redemption games, which a lot of times are just, like, really large versions of mobile phone (laughs) games, like Flappy Bird and, like, Crossy Road and just, like, that kind of stuff. Um, But it was, like, there were games there that were fun to play that you could earn tickets on. And uh, I bought a Gundam. I bought the very, very first Gundam model I've ever built.
1: Oh, is it the blue round guy? Round
3: one, yes, is the blue guy. Um, and actually, my uh, my friend Garrett and his girlfriend Kaylee helped me pay for it because I had like I had like. I think over a thousand tickets, like twelve hundred tickets, and I think I only needed like three hundred more. So whatever the difference was, they spotted me and uh, and I, I got this <laughs> this Gundam model, this blue Gundam. I couldn't even tell you what the hell. It's like Vice's Schwarble Grays like He's one of the it's...
1: enemy guys. He's not one of the Gundam yeah. Gundams.
3: Yeah. It's uh... He's like one oh, of the enemy on. guys
1: who has a totally different face. Um well, it's yeah. called
3: it's called Hold on just just bear with me it is called schwalb Gray's, and it is vice vice's uh gundam and it's like this blue with this like kind of visor and it's got this like little spike on its head and stuff like that never seen a gundam like this it doesn't really look like a gundam it's just you know from from whatever anime and at the time i was like i don't really care he just looks awesome and uh, and I remember going back and building this thing. Oh no, McGillis! This is it's McGillis's Schwald grades. I found the box on Google, and uh, and I know it's this one because uh, because this this particular model doesn't have a grade. It's not high grade, master grade, like expert grade. It's just gradeless, which is its own category. Getting really into like the the nerdiness of uh of model building here, but this I think was the first time I ever felt holy crap this is a le- really legitimate prize. Like, this yeah. is awesome. And I was psyched nice. because not only was it exciting to buy it, but then I got to go home and build it and then, you know, have the Schwalbe Grays just yeah, as a that's, statue. Yeah, that's
1: a legitimately awesome prize. Yeah. yeah. and it was. Do you remember how much that it expensive. was?
3: I think it was 1,500 tickets. <laughs> okay. So, you know, I don't know how you want to do your math. I mean, you could probably play, depending on the game you played, uh, I've been able to get, like, 70 or 80 tickets you know, a play, depending mm-hmm. on which one it is. I mean, sometimes you win the jackpot; you get three, four hundred. So you can definitely earn it pretty quickly. And mm. I, I want to say that they increased the price of the Gundam model kits. You know, later on in the in the years since then, but at the time, it seemed like a steal. It really mm. was like, wow, this is an awesome prize. Like, I'm <laughs> definitely <laughs> definitely so going to get cool. these. And I, I know Gary yeah. and Kaylee has got have gotten a number of them um, that way too. But yeah, that's that's like a, a real like shining uh redemption toy or redemption <laughs> prize. Nice. And now I have like five Gundams. So two of them there I've never even built. It awesome.
1: started you down the path.
3: Yeah, it's fun. Nice, nice. good stuff.
0: Nice. nice, Um, for me, um, <clears throat> I was never that 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 cool <laughs> to uh, <laughs> to earn that many tickets. But um, I remember uh. Uh, collecting like at least, I, I I'm I was I'm thinking like 500 tickets, and my my mentality was either get one big thing or get multiple smaller things. Right. So I decided to take the other route, just get a bunch of smaller stuff. And the things I would get would be the uh, Japanese finger traps or whatever.
3: Oh yeah, yeah, yep. Chinese finger Chinese, traps, Chinese
0: Chinese. Yeah. Uh, I would get like a like a plane. Like a little, uh, like oh, the balsa wood little plane. Oh yeah. yeah, right. So they was just glide, uh, stuff like that. And uh, the the problem with <laughs> with these prizes back in the day is that they're all made cheap, cheaply. Oh yeah, and they would they would break like <laughs> almost immediately. Yeah, and uh <laughs> look at the wrong fun. way. And it's just yeah, fun. you look at it, yeah, and it's just like. Breaks apart or whatever. But Pretty I mean, you know, getting getting to that point was a lot of fun. It, that's the thing. <laughs> that's the thing. That's the thing. Yeah, that's
1: the thing. So, you know, I, we were talking about this earlier today, and Joe, you said you have no memory of this, but I have a very strong memory <laughs> of this one time. It was at Boss Rush Mode's bachelor pa- party. We went yeah. to this place, and they had go karts, and they had various arcades and redemption <laughs> games and stuff like that and um you i remember played one game all night you said you have no memory of this i guess it's just getting old i don't know what it is yeah i I know for a fact
0: this this was like over 10 years ago yeah i know for a fact it
1: was um it was this wheel of fortune game and there are two wheel of fortune redemption games this one is the one where it's like a dome kind of like the cyclone And I uh, I
0: remember playing a game like that I just don't remember I did not realize what game it was Yeah
1: and so like the whole thing looks like The wheel if you look like straight down It looks like the wheel of fortune But basically all it is is a matter of the There's like lights that go around There's like LED lights that like go around the perimeter And it's just you know They light up You know there's one that's lit at a time And it just goes around It just goes around and around and around and around and around and you just press the button and it stops. That's it. That's all yeah. it is. There's yeah, nothing so, more to yeah, it than so, that.
0: So I, I remember, you know, it, it goes around on its own, but the, the button you, that you hit, it'll, it'll, it'll just slowly, it'll just yeah. slow down. And then yeah. whatever, wherever it stops at, that's your prize. Right. Or you, and or you go bankrupt or whatever. I
1: just remember you <clears> played <throat> that all night and you had so many effing tickets. It was ridiculous. And at the end. You know, you're like a grown-ass man. You're like, uh, I don't actually want any of this bullshit. <laughs> so you didn't know what to do with all these tickets. You had like a million. I don't know how many you had, but you had so freaking oh, many. Yeah. And I, everybody, everybody gave all their tickets to Boss Rush Mode because it was his b- bachelor party anyway. And he, I remember specifically he got two toy ukuleles for his niece. Yes, yes. And yeah. I know you Absolutely gave him the lion's share of those tickets. You didn't for Julian. It was I mean, like it was not even it. close. Like nobody else was. It was like you just were handing over this like massive like Scrooge McDuck fortune of tickets. Right. It was ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Uh So 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 funny. Um, yeah. So, so I have to shout that out. Yeah,
0: it is kind of funny. You know, looking back now, all the tickets that the machines would just spit out. Whereas yeah, now nowadays it's all done on a card. Yeah, it's right, all digital. Right. You don't have to do the no. ticket muncher. Which makes
1: a lot more sense. I mean, it's yeah. better in every way. I mean, I know you missed we missed that experience of the tickets, right. but right. Uh it's okay. Right. Yeah. It's, no, there's, there's, there's,
0: there's I am okay places, with that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm okay with that too. There were there were some places where um you would bring all your tickets to it was like this, some uh, machine that would redeem all of them and yeah. it would count all the tickets and then it would just spit out a receipt saying, okay, "Yeah, I remember the tickets you get, and then you yep. bring it over to the the to the to uh, Todd,
1: mm-hmm. and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> friggin' Todd, <laughs> fucking <Friggin'> Todd, man. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if he listens to the show anymore, but we're just gonna call him Todd Freehand. I don't know, Todd Freehand. <laughs> Todd Freehand's the guy. He used to listen to the show sometimes. Todd Shout out to Todd Freehand if you're uh, if you're listening, if you're out there. We love um, the Viking, the Viking King. I know he's he's a, he's, he's a, viking a viking mofo at this point. Yeah. Um so yeah, yeah, funny funny stuff. I mean it it's I don't know, I think we all have these uh these like different like moments that we can call back to but like so I have three specific prizes. I don't even remember specifically the games other than one. So okay, the first The first one was not that big a deal, but for some reason it was like one of those things like your kid brain, you just love it so much. And I couldn't stop thinking about it. I was so proud of it. It was just like, remember they used to have these, this is just not even something that exists now. Like it's just not even a thing at all anymore. And I don't know why I thought they were cool, but my God used to be able to buy animal balloons that were like in the shape of wild animals. Like, I guess you would see them at like parades. Like people would always sell them at like town parades. You would be able to buy those like big bunnies and like, uh, video game characters. I remember Spyro the dragon being a a balloon when you were a kid, not filled with helium, just filled with air, but they were like, you know, plasticky kind of thing. Well, used to be able to buy, um, um, Used to be able to buy like I remember in the stores like they they were sold in like animal cracker, um, they look like a box of animal crackers, but it was oh, a balloon okay. in there. Uh, but anyway, yeah. so they had one at Chuck E. Cheese one time and it was a snake. When you blew it up, it was coiled in a like a spiral and he had his tongue sticking out. I I loved that thing. I was so proud of it. It was ridiculous. <laughs> I was so freaking proud of that stupid thing. I remember waking up the next day thinking about it like, oh man, I got the snake though. And I was so <laughs> happy about it. Like, I thought it was the coolest goddamn thing. So funny. Another right. time.
0: I feel like, wake up the next one I'm like, oh, hi, Mrs. Snake.
1: Hi, Love m- you. Hi, 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 Mr. Snake. Hi,
3: Mr. Snake. Oh, hi, Mr. Snake. Hi, hi <laughs> you. Mr. Snake.
1: Yes, yeah, making it weird. I'm making it weirder <laughs> than it was. Um, hi, Mr. Snake. <laughs> And uh, there's this other time I remember being okay, Massachusetts people get ready because I'm gonna talk about Wallem Park. Wallem Park.
3: Isn't it it Whalem Park? Park? Everyone says Whalem
1: Park. What's Whalem? Whalem Park. Park, (laughs) Whatever. Maybe I've only heard Whalem Park. I I (laughs) never been alive during its existence. So I well, you know, know it it did have a it did have a whale on it, so it's probably Whalem Park. Yeah, I'm just being dumb. So anyway, Whalem Park. (laughs) um was a theme park that uh got bulldozed over and turned into apartments so literally it doesn't exist so, so there's, there's that there's that but they're uh, trying is- to bring it back
3: they are trying to bring it back oh I really went to town, i went to a town fair uh in lemonster mass and the people there from wayland park were uh they've basically turned all of their old stuff into a modern museum for oh, their old attractions true. and they're trying to turn something around to get crowdfunding or whatever and bring it back.
1: That's nice. I like that. Yeah, That's awesome. It was a very small, very old, not a big deal sort of park. It was, it was great for little kids. Um, And if you're, you know, around uh, the Worcester area, it's, it's like nice. You don't have to go very far. So I, I remember going there a few times, but anyway, I went at the height of my Ninja Turtle love and they had a game and I think we'll all remember this game. It was a, uh, you throw darts at a target and there were balloons. That's yes. it, right. Yep. Everybody knows that one. Yep. So it was, that was it. And uh, I was, I was hell bent. I wanted to get a Raphael. And the reason I wanted a Raphael was because I had a big, it was a, it was a stuffed animal Raphael piece of shit, like crappy version, of course, but I wanted it. So whatever. Um, I had a big Leonardo And then they, I had, remember those like small stuffed animals that would have suction cups. You put them in the, what the car windows, like Garfield. Well, they had, we had like Ninja turtle ones that were Michelangelo and Donatello. So I had the big Leonardo and I had the small Michelangelo and Donatello, but I didn't have a Raphael stuffed animal. So I was like, Whoa, I can get a Raphael stuffed animal here and earn it. And it'll be the best thing ever. So eventually I did. Of course it took way too much money and. I remember my aunt was very not impressed with me and my spending. My, my just <laughs> horrible, horrible, out-of-control spending as I tried to earn the <laughs> Raphael. Um, uh, the last one, I will, I will definitely not be able to remember how I freaking won this, but uh, it was uh, probably late 90s. It was after Tiny Toons had already like been over for a very long time, and I remember being at Six Flags, and they had a little beeper stuffed animal and i thought he was so awesome i'm like why do they have little beeper he's like the you know the little red road runner of tiny Toons. yeah and he's so yeah. he's super cute and i'd never seen a little beeper before and i'm like i i love this thing like i want it so bad it's like it makes no sense i'm a i'm like a teenager there's no reason for me to want this but i i ended up getting it i saw i won that bastard and I don't remember what I played for. but Those are my three big prizes. So the snake, the Raphael, and the little beeper.
3: Pretty solid. I mean, it yeah. was a, a big yeah.
1: hit. So if the apocalypse came, you could have beeped me because I had the little beeper. Well, Fortunately, beep- it didn't. It didn't. But anyway. Yeah. So is that it? We good for prizes? Those are all our memorable prizes and such. Yeah.
3: I think so. I think those are the ones that I remember the most.
1: Nice. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, we can we can get on to our octoponder. So, uh, you know, for those of you uh, listening and hotly anticipating, here here it is. You guys ready? It's about that time. We are going to take a short break, but before we do, we have something for you to ponder. Octoponder. That is this week's question: is what redemption game? Which is, of course, once again, any game that spits out tickets for you to redeem. Were you always the best at? It doesn't have to be your favorite game; just your go-to whenever there was a prize at the counter that you just had to have, like a giant blow-up snake or a little beeper or a Gundam. Any of anything of that that sort of level of awesomeness, or a Game Boy SP, a ga- or, that or, or, an, or an N64 or an N64. <laughs> so uh we posted this question already to all y'all on facebook and we'll be reading some of our answers when we get back as well as uh answering it ourselves like we always do so why don't you ponder that for now and we'll take a quick break hey kids it's time to check out
3: the dorkening podcast network with over 30 podcasts that encompass everything from horror to video games to comic books, and so much more,
0: you're bound to find the shows for your taste. Whether it be Nerds of Unusual Origin, That Strange Show, Retro Red Octopus, Paces,
1: Throwdown Thursday, The Horror Squad, Still Token with... My God, man! I can't read all of these! So just feel free to play and experiment with the Door Gaming Podcast Network. There are over 30 shows stocked
0: full of dirty goodness to sink your ears into. And they're all available on
1: Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, and wherever fine podcasts are broadcast. network give a listen dudes cowabunga is this podcast for you attention this is the lost skeleton of cadaver and you are listening to rancho notorious no wait no that's retro reductopus
3: hey are you ready to do some bacon it's about that time where we ask you the audience to to ponder this
1: welcome back aboard everyone before we take a break we asked you this week's Octoponder question, which is what redemption game were you always the best at? doesn't have to be your favorite, just the one you kicked butt at the most. You had to go to that one if you're going to win a specific prize. You got to just pump out those tickets like Joe with the Wheel of Fortune game, just pouring them out, just like a waterfall of tickets. He's like, well, I'm not going to play the Sonic Blast Man punching game. I'll tell you that right now. I'm going to go right to that other one. So uh so why don't we uh, why don't we answer this ourselves and then we'll go to the retroids. Um Nintendo, what do you, okay. you want you want to go first?
0: Uh, uh well other than uh, no the wheel of fortune. Um <laughs> I, would have, <laughs> I would have to go with the ski ball. Um I it to me I I I mean I love ski ball because it's kind mm. of like playing bowling mm. in a way,
1: yeah. Um, ski ball's awesome.
0: It, it's super fun. Um and I am Pretty good. I mean not, not the best at not the best at it, but I am pretty good at it. Because you know, I, I used to bowl a lot when I was younger, so I kind of like you know, got the hang of it pretty much right hmm. away. Um always trying to get the, the one thousand points because the more points you get, the more tickets it'll spew out at you. The sweet, um, sweet tickets. Sweet tickets, yes. So yeah, skee ball.
1: <laughs> nice. That's also uh, that's also Mrs. Parasite's all time favorite redemption game by far. She loves loves her some skee ball. Hey, mm-hmm. Hi, hey. Oh, hey, Kuga. Oh, howdy. Uh,
3: okay, so I feel like the one that you know, I enjoyed skee ball a lot. I wasn't really very good at it though. Uh, I feel like the one that I was always seeming to get a lot of tickets out of <laughs> is the Cyclone.
1: Um, which oh, okay. you had mentioned
3: earlier. So yeah, and that is just, you know, that is
1: a game by Ice. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, so just you know, big circular game four, four uh, you know positions that you could stand on with a button, and uh, and you're just trying to get the light to stop in between the the two arches and get the jackpot. And I I very distinctly remember there was someone's birthday party that was at a place I think it was called Fun Zone.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, totally.
3: I think it was called Fun Zone, and it was the only time I ever got to go to Fun Zone. So I was was, uh, wicked excited. Framingham. Okay. And I, I remember seeing the commercials all the time and I wanted to go so bad. And okay. I, the only time I got to go was this party. Uh, but at the party, I won the jackpot on the Cyclone and I was officially the coolest kid ever for like five seconds um, because everyone was like, oh my God, you won the jackpot. Holy crap.
1: Oh my God. <laughs> their <laughs> brains are melting
3: out of their face. They're like, how'd you do
1: it? I'm like, the brains are going into ah! their feet.
3: Like, couldn't at all get over it. Um, and I was honestly just like fucking thrilled because I was like, wow, I've never gotten jackpot. This is this. the pinnacle. They...
1: You're never oh, going to top this old boy. This is the <laughs> apex
3: of me. I uh, I remember playing it a lot at the skate palace and just, you know, doing doing fine. Because even if you didn't win the jackpot, you'd still get like 20, 30, 40 tickets, you know, even if yeah. you got close. Um, But yeah, I felt like that was like just a, a really safe bet. Um, And then later on, I, like, more modern arcades, I love the Piano Keys game. It's, like, just a ginormous piano, and all you got to do is just, like, slap the buttons as fast as possible, and, you know, not even in time, or rhythmically, or musically at all. It's just the keys on the screen light up, and you just got to hit them in some kind of, you know, whatever order. And honestly, the only thing that stops me from being able to do better at it is that the game screen moves to the next note you have to hit really slowly so it's like i have to wait for each next thing to scroll down so i can keep hitting it but if it was a faster response time i could be like bada, 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 bada. and uh, and that one i'm able to get like 70 or 80 tickets every time like it is ridiculous You're and kind the only of thing Apollo. the only thing that stops me is that i I don't honestly think it's that fun, and it is always, exp- it's an expensive one that's what they do they're like oh games that pay out decent tickets you know you're gonna melt through your point yeah. card in two seconds and i'm like well there's not like there's any prizes i want that bad <laughs> right, uh, right but it is fun and there have been a few times where, like if i've been at an arcade and someone was like hoping to get something or wanting to get something i'll be like all right i'll just go play like three rounds of piano keys and i'll give you like <laughs> an extra 200 friggin tickets um but that that one is really a lot of fun uh also, it just came to me. I have to say one more. It's called it's called uh, Speed of Light, and it's a platform that you stand on, and there's a humongous wall of blue buttons that are basically like in a in like a semicircle around you, like almost like a like a sphere that just covers half of the platform. And when you hit go, uh, random different ones of the buttons will light up, and all you have to do is is you know hit hit as many of the lit up ones as you can in the time limit that you have. And then once you finish that round, there's a bonus round where every single one is lit up and you have to get as many of them turned (coughs) off in like, you know, I don't know, 10 seconds or 20 seconds or something. Uh, I love that game. Oh. Frigging, you know, I'm, looking now. I'm, look, I'm
0: looking at it's, it now i'm looking at it now. looks pretty neat it's yeah. so
3: fun and it gets like it gets your blood pumping in five seconds like you're just trying to you know reach around and like you know move your legs and stuff so you can position better and like some of them oh, are really it high it up some around, of them are way right? down it's fucking fun and i've i have honestly i think every time i've played it i have gotten the high score nice like nice. it's nice. just a game that i i do pretty well at and i get good points on but i have a lot of fun with
1: it yeah, it,
0: nice. it kind of remi- reminds me of uh dance dance revolution but with your hands right
1: it's hands hands revolution hands hands, hands
0: right. all the
3: time
1: yep. <laughs> nice can,
0: can you imagine uh, playing a dance dance revolution game as a redemption type game you'd be so oh, exhausted trying to Get tickets out of the machine.
1: I'm sure, I'm sure there know. are versions of it that are redemption versions. There must no. be.
2: It
0: has it seems be. like there's yeah. got to
1: be. Nice. Be. So oh, anyway. it was a hell of a threefer. Thanks, man. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah. mine is super simple. We already talked about it. Wacky Gator. It's that version of Whack a Mole oh, yeah. with the alligators. This was totally my go-to. I love this game a lot. It came out in 1988, and it is uh, uh, actually was released in the U.S. by Data East. As wacky gator, but it's um, huh. it had a totally different name in Japan, and it was not released by Data East, it was somebody else put it out anyway. Um, yeah, it was a fun game, and yes, I would absolutely cheat and not use the mallet and use my hands instead. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, um <laughs> Let's go to our retroids. We have 20 great answers. I'm going to try to go through them quick. Phil Conti, he says there was a game of Chuck E. Cheese that had a gorilla who was being electrocuted, and you had to put your hands on the metal bars and hold on. Uh, You got tickets for how long you could hold on. I killed it that game. Smoke even came out of the gorilla's nose. Um, The game he's talking about is called Raging Ape. I did confirm this with Phil after. Um, that sounds very masochistic and very strange. And I don't know why you loved it, Phil. I'm kind of <laughs> judging you. Um, And uh, Phil came back and he said, there's actually, there was an Uncle Fester version of the game. And, uh, and Colleen says, yes, she remembers the Uncle Fester version. Josh Neal Josh Neela says, any of the whack-a-mole ones? Because you could just use your hands because fuck it which is literally what I did as well. I mean, I didn't literally fuck yeah, it. A lot, I, I a said, lot of games I said, that. I, I mean, literally said, fuck it. That's what I literally did. But anyway, so, uh, Jen Iaconi says there were these games at the great, at the Jersey shore in an arcade called Jenkinsons, similar to skee ball, but you had to roll a rubber ball down in, into a hill, but it was blackjack. So you had to get 21 or under, I got really good at this even while eating ice cream. <laughs> Allison Wilson said, Ski ball by far. I'm almost unbeatable at that. Uh, Christine Krikorian says, This is where I got all the tickets, and it is smoke and token. Nice. And token. Yeah, that is correct. The same one you mentioned. Um, Jen Spinelli says, Ski ball for life. Samantha Dunway Bryant says. Me too. <laughs> Says, I throw so badly easy. overall, but that wonky wobbly arm works great for me in skee-ball. Ken Vaughn said, Cyclone is an easy jackpot. And if if the setup is high numbers around the jackpot space, it's easier to load up. I've seen the reverse where the numbers are the lowest close to the jackpot. Hmm, interesting. So it's how they set it up. Stephanie Krikorian says, "I used to be pretty good at Storm Chaser as a kid. Not so much now." Um, Colleen says, "Ooh, you've got it. I've pictured, I pictured there is the Wheel of Fortune, but I think it was called something like the thunderdome or Lightning Wheel or whatever at the Charlie Horse Arcade we used to go to. I'm awesome at it for whatever reason." Jeremy Jackson says, "Wheel of Fortune." Tom Morse Jr. says. Aiming a water gun in the red circle to get first place. I win every time. Well, good on you, Tom Morse Jr. Thanks for chiming in. Jordan Lynn Esperson says, or Eperson, why did I say Esperson? You're not an Esper, Jordan Lynn. You're not an Esper. You're Epperson. Eperson. <laughs> uh, she says, that game where you launch the coins. I remember Chuck E. Cheese having one of those. It was like dinosaur themed idk why i was so good at that one probably because i just had really dumb good dumb luck on that one also really good at the basketball games but i was also being scouted before i got injured so that one wasn't a huge surprise lol Lol. and uh jesse tapia says cyclone i knew it was rigged but i hit the jackpot quite a few times so that is everybody. Thank you so much for playing, everybody. You got tickets just by playing. We we will we <laughs> will
2: <laughs> mail them to
1: you electronically <clears throat> via brain power. So don't expect real ones. Um, but yeah, that was really fun. So yeah, so a lot of ones we're talking about, a lot of different ones, like good stuff. I love it. I love it. I love it when it's like this. We we all got like some similar ideas and see. hello he loves it. Joe loves it. Nintendo loves it. So those are, uh, you know, those are our answers. Those are your answers. For those who still want to participate, it is your turn to tell us what you think about this week's octoponder. Oct- this, uh, you can reset. Reach us in our popular amazing face group on twitter at RedOctopus, or you can always email us at RedOctopus at gmail.com and please if you like what we're doing please leave us a review or a rating on our host site just search pinecast retro RedOctopus. not enough people do that uh you should definitely do that because it would make us feel real good we'll be like oh look at that look at that look at that thing look at that thing that happened we feel real good now. Uh, so thank you all for those awesome ponderings. Without further ado, let's get back to the show. Second half, meat and potatoes. Let's dine in, folks. This time is different than the first half. We're going to go round table, rapid fire style. And we each got two picks, two picks, two picks. And then we're, two two picks, picks. we're going to do a B segment. And we'll get out your hair. Get out your hair for the for the evening. So you
3: <laughs> get out your hair.
1: get out your hair
3: for the <laughs> evening.
1: Ah, oh, so we're gonna stick with the uh, the original order we started with right there. So ape hey, and Oh, what you hi. got? My, what, what you got, my friend? <laughs> <laughs> what you got? <laughs> <laughs> um,
3: so I have uh, this game is is known by many. Uh, it is probably not even officially thought of as like a traditional game. Uh, but this would be the shooting gallery. yeah Um nice. the, you know, walk up, big old, you know, display of various different targets of different degrees of detail. Got a, you know, a rifle in your hand and, you know, put in your coins and get a few, few, you know, either shots or a time limit and try to get the best score that you can. So um the information that I got is uh is from uh collectors weekly. It's a website that is all about um, collecting old-timey, you know, memorabilia and things like that, and collecting targets from shooting galleries is actually a very, very like coveted, popular way of collecting Americana. A lot of people out there love collecting the classic targets from these shooting gallery games. Interesting. Um, and so, actually, a lot of the information that's also from this Collector's Weekly article is from a book called Step Right Up. Classic American Target in Arcade Forms, written by Richard and Valerie Tucker. Um, The book is available on Amazon, uh, and I'm sure a variety of other methods, but if you look it up, step right up, you'll find it. Uh, So, I'll preface this by saying, it is very, very difficult to find a detailed history of shooting gallery games. Uh, They are not super well documented. Um, You know, it's an age-old attraction. It combined the you know, the fun and excitement of mechanical amusements with the you know the thrill of actually aiming and shooting down the sights of a rifle. Um, originally, shooting galleries from the late 19th and early 20th mm-hmm. centuries were made to feature rifles that shot actual cartridges out of their rifles which would then hit a target and score you points Um, electricity would power the conveyor belts and wheels that made the targets difficult to hit but technology was not advanced enough to automatically tally a shooter's score instead this had to be done by an operator that would add up the score and help reload the rifle for the player um points were tallied when a target was struck knocked over or sent spinning in place when shot on one side or the other some targets were deceptively heavy and almost impossible to make spin enough to score points just like we were saying with the bottle game so um you know there's all sorts of tomfoolery going on there uh targets of this early era would be made out of cast iron that had uh kind of like i don't know it's like a surface that's almost mottled it's like like with a t mottled like uh like it looks like there's a bunch of little dings or imperfections almost like hammered copper they weren't smooth and perfect they had like almost like a, a texture to them um the shooting galleries were often relatively small early on some able to be loaded up onto pickup trucks and driven from town to town as a you know as a traveling attraction um the targets that were in these games have long since become very, very collectible. And, uh, you know, like I said, people, people seek it out. It's, it's an interesting form of Americana Hmm. and kind of chronicles just different things that were in, in season over the years of entertainment and things like that. Um, as I mentioned, Richard and Valerie Tucker, who wrote the book step right up, um, they, they have a synopsis posted on, uh, online of their book. So I wanted to read that really quick just because I feel like it, it summarizes it well. Um, in the book, it says, explore the naive art of late 19th and early 20th century shooting gallery targets. Whole galleries and arcade forms commonly seen on early midways and carnivals as well as in saloons and other public places of amusement here in a presentation of compelling color photographs are the rarest and most aesthetically pleasing decorative targets and arcade forms known the progression from the world of shooting gallery and arcade forms as well as painted American fixtures and accessories to contemporary art and sculpture has been a natural evolution. Also featured are examples of other amusement attractions to which the visitor to the carnival, circus, or midway would have been exposed. A few European forms are included to illustrate the difference between them and American forms as well. Uh, I will say, after reading so much about this, I am very curious to see this uh, book and read it myself. (laughs) I haven't gotten to do so, though, but I would really like to. Um, So I want to get into a bit of a history on um, the shooting galleries, and hopefully I don't, you know, run super long in the tooth but. I think I'll be able to get through it pretty quick. Um, So CW Parker, of Kansas, a late 19th, early 20th century manufacturer of amusement devices who called this company the world's largest manufacturer of shooting galleries. Um, there was W.F. Mangles Carousel Works, Coney Island's own amusement device manufacturer that built ingenious mechanical galleries using chain devices called a slide, which would allow targets like a duck to be knocked over completely by a bullet, disappearing from view, and then turn itself right back up. right. right. Uh, after, after that, there was uh, work by John T. Dickman in the early 20th century made, uh, who made target stencils, which allowed them to be repainted easily and designed his targets to be interchangeable with other manufacturers. Um, this was pretty revolutionary because it allowed a lot more cross play in between different setups for shooting galleries without having to have the exact specific target. Um, it became commonplace for companies to borrow target concepts liberally from each other, so much so that multiple different manufacturers produced identical targets that could only be told apart by a simple part number or a number painted on the side, uh, which had in uh, which is in later years made collecting uh, of these targets really interesting because you can't always tell if it was the original or not. So many of them are so similar to each other hard to know if this was the first idea or if this was just a copycat and really nobody at the time cared so it wasn't right, something right. thought about um shooting galleries unfortunately are just largely a casualty of the march of time with really no existing complete shooting gallery for some of the original big name manufacturers out there except for mangles um there is a mangle shooting gallery somewhere that has been put together by, you know, kind of preservationists and hobbyists and stuff with a lot of the original um, targets and things like that. Uh, there really aren't any oral histories or written records or documents surviving um, to to give us any information about why so much of this um, material was really just one of a kind and and irreproducible and, and not well documented. It just kind of was something that was a, a big business and a big industry at the time, but it is sort of just kind of those original ones kind of came and went and there's, Mm. they they were made of materials that were hard to preserve Um, of the few galleries that have survived time. uh, The stories of how they were discovered are similarly interesting. One shooting gallery in Ohio was actually revealed when a restaurant was being remodeled Uh, the gallery, which was in full working order, was boarded up behind a random wall in the restaurant oh and left there God. forgotten for a time. Right. Uh, and when they were tearing down walls of this Ohio restaurant. Wow. They discovered it. So it seems like these things were, you know, like I said, some of them were, were portable, but I'm sure a lot of them weren't. Right, and right. the thought of transporting something like that was probably just, you know, comical. So they just boarded them up and and said, you know, screw it, whatever. Yeah. We're moving on. Um. But uh, later on in history, you know, when we're thinking about how shooting galleries are that we've probably experienced in our lifetimes, the real bullets would be swapped out for much safer options, such as you know, light rifles that would shoot a beam of light, and the target would recognize it and respond. Um, there is a there is a shooting gallery that's still active in um, in New Hampshire around uh, around uh, Lake Winnipesaukee and uh and there's a there's an arcade over there and i i got to play it maybe two years ago and it was so cool and it was just like this very you know authentic vintage you know some some of them were were just like moving targets not a lot to look at and then i think later on it became popular to kind of design these dioramas you know to make it look like a store or to make it look like a you know the front of someone's porch, and there's like a lantern and a bird and like a you know a random you know mm-hmm. just window yep. or something like <clears> just like a scene, <throat> yeah. like a total, yeah, scene like the rocking a rocking chair,
1: and you shoot the rocking chair and it starts and to it rock, moves back and, and, and forth, yes. yeah. Yeah. yeah, and yeah. so you those shoot. were yeah. Those that's, that's were, what I remember like totally yeah. the light gun yeah. version, and it yeah. was like, what is everything doing the the honestly winning was just like seeing what everything did. For uh, that's a
3: hundred percent how I right. felt too.
1: Yeah, and so and that, those were really, that really, really style, fun. I love those.
3: I love those, and that style you know became became popular, I think, once real bullets were phased out. And mm-hmm. like I said, I I really could not find a lot of information, I couldn't even find much information on the light based ones. I couldn't find common Hmm. manufacturers, the names of them. So really all I have to tell you guys on that subject is just what I've like personally experienced. Mm -hmm. And I mean, you know the, the light target shooting galleries allowed you to do a lot more because you weren't relying on a physical bullet hitting something in order for it to spin or fall over. Right, right. You could hit the light sensor, and then whatever mechanized, motorized kind of right. thing you built back there could do whatever you could make yeah. the chair rock back and forth, you could make the duck the, quack, you know, yeah, the, whatever the deer would
1: look from left to right or something, yep. you know,
3: yep, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so so there's that one that I know of, uh, around the like, person next talking. to
1: you would say stop stop pointing that at me
3: (laughs) right and i'm like why am i not getting points for this uh also um in massachusetts uh so kimball's kimball's farm um they have a bunch of locations but the kimball's farm in westford Westford? uh has a shooting gallery in their arcade and it is very very legit it is like honestly the coolest thing there um i don't know what era it is it is obviously this light target based oh we should definitely Um, go it's it's really fun i got to go uh i think it was last year or the year before for a work event and uh we went into the arcade and kind of everything was very like run-of-the-mill normal stuff and then they had this random shooting gallery that was awesome and i i did really good at it i scored like 200 points and i'm like crazy because i you know i've never really done well at those but the 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 calibration was right on and like shooting down the sights and everything. I was like, Oh, you could just hit everything. This just works great. Um, and, uh, it was a lot of fun, really, really fun. And just like you said, Steve, where I was like, you know, getting the points is cool, whatever I was earning some, you know, earning tickets, uh, for doing it, but it was just so much fun (laughs) to see what each little thing did. Yeah. 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 And like, you know, shooting Uh the lantern and then it lights up and it's like Uh it lit on fire or something (laughs) like all that stuff. So I, I loved that. And, uh, and I don't know, to me, like the shooting gallery next to like a pinball machine is probably one of the most exciting things an arcade could offer me at this point in at time because point, it's yeah. it's such a fixture. Like it's a thing that is built there that cannot lives be there, emulated. cannot be emulated, cannot be moved elsewhere. You're not going to find the carbon copy right. of this somewhere else. Like it, right. you it can is have singular. video
1: pinball mm-hmm. all day long it yep. is not the same, though. So, like, it's
3: not. It's not. It's not. not. The
1: same.
3: It's it's not. The same. And there's plenty of shooting target things and stuff, but there's just something fun about actually holding the rifle and aiming at all these different little targets. So, you know, it's interesting to think back in the era where you were shooting actual bullets and they had a person standing next to you helping you reload your gun. <laughs> yeah. Like, holy shit, like, I can't believe that stuff, you know? And, uh, and actually my, my little quote at the beginning, the five shots for 25 cents, shoot at your own risk, handle guns with care is from an actual vintage shooting gallery. That was one of the pieces of artwork in the step right up book. Um, and so, yeah, you know, it's like shoot at your own risk. (laughs) Like (laughs) you're, you're shooting bullets guys. Like, yeah,
1: Yeah, (laughs) seriously,
3: you know? Um, Pretty wild stuff But yeah I thought it was very interesting And really opened up a a can of worms Of like this mystery Of like wow there's a lot Like there could be a shooting gallery Behind your own wall And you wouldn't even know it
1: It's like that episode of Are you afraid of the dark where they found the swimming pool behind the lockers, but it's a shooting gallery, which probably wouldn't be at the school. But if it was and you did find it behind the lockers, there's definitely going to be an evil red monster that smells like sulfur back there. So just don't (laughs) even.
3: So, okay, so the fact that you mentioned, are you afraid of the dark? I do have to just backtrack. So to the. To the uh, the down a clown and the in the clown carnival kind of kind of games that you mentioned, yeah. Or have you have we gotten there yet? No, I, that's the remember next one. Okay, there's so many things that we have to talk about. Uh but but so so there is a. Are you afraid of the dark? zebo the clown that yep. i saw on etsy that someone made and i was like oh my god that's perfect it's, Can't yeah. believe that this nerd exists <laughs> who's like i <laughs> love are you afraid of the dark and old-timey redemption yeah, Carnival games. yeah.
1: Like, god i can 100 instantly picture zebo the clown. yeah
3: yeah yeah oh i mean god.
1: i know at the okay. end he turns into like a real guy in a costume screw that but the the you mean the yeah the 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 fake Zebo, like the mannequin the,
3: the draw yeah the, the drawing and you know the or whatever the like the image was yeah. that was so creepy yeah yeah um but anyway that that's Maybe. that's what I got on shooting gallery <laughs> nice. pretty interesting well, stuff that's
1: Awesome stuff, man. That was a hell of a deep dive. Um, yeah. uh Wow. Yeah, that was amazing. Maybe that should have been last. I don't know. That was really great. I don't know if we could top that. But uh, I got yeah. I got
3: more interesting stuff on the really? next one. I don't oh know. boy, it's crazy. Some of these games have been around for so long. Yeah. It's like, wow. Yeah, yeah. You wouldn't
1: even know. But you know, you, you know what you said about not being able to find a lot of information, even though you did find a lot there. But it was really now, hard. That you know, article
3: was... was my saving grace. Honestly, I almost had to change it because yeah. if not for that article, I'm like there's nothing out here yeah everything was just an all oh, website like selling it's weird like, a piece it's, of an old yeah. one or something
1: so i have a very similar thing but i'm gonna let joe go first um but yeah s- same sort of sort of thing i i found with researching a different game that i'll get to in a minute but nintendo yes
0: how's it going oh it's
1: going it's okay.
0: definitely going okay oh, so actually i just uh, i while you guys were talking, I was I uh, I found the exact game that I wanted to talk about. I was going to talk nice. about another game, uh, but this one was was specific for uh, uh, for uh, for like I can't think straight right now. I'm sorry. Uh, so I picked this one
1: because.
0: Uh, I have really fond memories of playing oh, this yeah. particular yeah. one with yep. Dr. Maddie when she was like at least three or four years old.
1: Oh, right, Th- this one. So, this one. so okay, actually, yeah, there's this two
0: of my, my my two picks are actually based around these memories with Dr. Okay. Dr. Maddie. Okay. Oh, so uh, the uh, the game uh, that I picked is called uh, the spin spin the wheel game. Okay. Uh, so basically, it's like um it's think think of like you know uh wheel of fortune
2: mm-hmm. like
0: the, the halfway point in the show where people have to spend this huge fucking wheel and you earn like mm-hmm. like uh money or whatever yeah well obviously with uh with tickets and you can get like up to a thousand tickets which
1: is oh really okay
0: crazy. it's really freaking crazy so uh it's not too much info on this one unfortunately i
1: but it's called spin the wheel game
0: spin spin the wheel yeah something like that uh oh hold on uh yeah spin the wheel it's the name of the game uh so and we didn't play this game that much because it wasn't all that exciting but uh so i thought it'd be fun to mention uh so so the whole point of this game is you have this this lever and you have to like like pull it down like as fast as you can so that the wheel would like spin really fast. Okay. Yeah. And then, then oh, so it's like, like the price is right. wheel. Just, sort just of like idea. The price, exactly. it's is just, just like that. And it has like that little arrow on the, on the right side and wherever uh, it stops and wherever the, the, the is pointing at, that's how many tickets you would get. So you're gotcha. guaranteed to get tickets no matter what. So, you have like uh, 25 tickets, 40, 50, uh, 100, or whatever, but 1,000 was is the goal,
2: hmm.
0: obviously. I mean, that's fucking crazy. That is. 1,000 tickets. 1,000
1: tickets. Yeah. So, so even, if, even if that Game Boy SP was like 45,000 tickets, you're like, no, I can do
0: this. I can do this. Yeah. Like, so confident. <laughs> all you get is like the, the lowest amount. Yeah. <laughs> so oh, <I> was <laughs> was brutal. Yeah, so it, it was really key because th- these type of games where I would like I would kneel and I would have i would like uh, have one knee sticking up and I would put Dr. Matteo like on my lap and she would just <laughs> her little tiny teeny yeah. tiny, tiny, tiny hand she's like trying to trying to pull Aww. it down she always have a hard time and I'm like okay I'm gonna help you uh,
1: <laughs> and for the listening audience Dr. Matteo is 14 and a half now so and she a half, does not. Yes. Does not have teeny tiny hands anymore,
0: but not, not anymore, not anymore. This was a long time ago, but I remember that. <laughs> yeah.
1: I remember that day specifically at the bowling yeah. alley that you're talking. Yeah. About.
0: Yeah. Cause so, yeah. So every year, uh, years ago, every year, uh, my family would hold a, a bowling tournament at a, at mm-hmm. a bowling alley right in uh, one soccer, Rhode Island. And uh, that would be like the first thing I would do. Cause I, I would never bowl. I was just I was just there to you know support my family or whatever mm-hmm. and just mm-hmm. spend as much money as possible, or whatever. And and for me that was like my bonding uh period with Dr. Matteo when she was that young. <laughs> and I had so much fun. It's just like Yeah, I, it definitely I really became
1: something she looked forward to for, every year. Yeah, is that, yeah is that you would you would take her off and you would you guys would play ticket games.
0: Yeah, so I'll, I'll just hog her for, the, for yep. the day and you yep. guys can just totally do whatever you wanted. So
1: so yeah, spin the
0: wheel. Yeah, it's nice. just a little fun little, a little fun
1: memory game. there. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Super cool. fun. Awesome. Um all right. So my first pick here is um uh you mentioned it already, 8 bit. So I'm gonna I'm gonna spotlight down the clown is the name of the game. So I'm just gonna describe this real quick and you're gonna instantly know what it is. It's just basically the targets are at the end of like this little, little ski ball length sort of hallway thing. And they're just in three rows. And they're these little clown guys that are rimmed in fur. These little screaming clown guys. And they're rimmed in fur. The, the, like the, <laughs> the whole edges are all fur and they're so rimmed weird. In fur. <laughs> rimmed in, in fur. Uh, so players toss the balls at, uh, at the different size clowns for points. And uh, hitting certain clowns adds bonus points as the players attempt to hit the interactive big bonus and modern versions incorporate a quirky carny voice that heckles engages and encourages the player as well as a mechanical arm that lifts the clowns back up after being hit. So. That is pretty much all there really is to say about Down the Clown, right? But I, I'm not quite done. So the the modern version is made by Ice, Ice Games. We we're talking about it a bunch of times. And they actually have a, a spin-off of this for little kids. And I can't remember what it's called, but it's instead of clowns, it's snowman. It's something like snowball fight or I don't I don't know. Ice Storm. I don't know, something. But they're a little they're a little uh snowman and it's it's like a smaller scale. Same exact game though. So I think everybody has seen this game. It's either down the clown or down a clown, basically the same thing you're just throwing the balls. So I have always been fascinated with these targets. They're so weird to me. They're these flat screaming clown guys and they are always rimmed in that fur. Now the fur is sometimes different colored. Certain ones you'd see, like, oh, they're alternating red, blue, yellow. Sometimes they're all white. So, you know, it's just all different ones, but they're always the same clown and they are always rimmed in that fur. And, like, why do they all look like that? Like, where does this come from? So, you know, we're doing this episode and i really was hoping to uncover something about down the clown and uh for the longest time i couldn't it's like you were saying a bit like i just could not find anything i'm like looking up down the clown clown games clown redemption games you know it's bringing me to all the different ones the big the big mouth one with the teeth i mentioned earlier and there's 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 the one with the squirt guns that you mentioned joe and like all different clown games but like ah, oh, why can I not find anything about this? It seems like it started in 1980, like when Ice started to make it in the early 80s or something. I'm like, it's got to be more to it than that. So finally, I found a picture of the same sort of looking targets, rimmed in fur, only they looked like a hundred years old, and that led me down a different rabbit hole, and the the, the origin. Is a game that was played a hundred years ago, 120 years ago, that very early 1900s, and it's called simply Carnival Knockdown or just Knockdown. And the little guys are called Carnival Knockdown dolls. And just like you said with the targets, these guys are super collectible. It's the same exact thing. Like so many of the things you were just saying, a bit about it's, the shooting gallery. It's crazy. Is, is true for this. So you can actually look up, if, now that I know the term, I'm not looking up down a clown anymore. I'm looking yeah. up Carnival <clears throat> Knockdown. So if you look up Carnival Knockdown dolls, there's actually a lot of people on eBay, on Etsy, uh, various websites that are selling actual vintage Carnival Knockdown dolls. The fascinating thing to me, is actually multiple fold Uh, a they're all rimmed in fur, but actually back then it was, it was wool. It was sheep's wool. Uh, The earliest dolls apparently were carved, had carved wooden heads, that were like in there, I guess, uh, because none of them look like they have wooden heads. So the heads must've been wood inside the fabric um, with fabric dresses while the later ones are hand painted canvas. Oh, okay. So I guess the canvas must've come later uh, and they were filled with sawdust or straw and edged with lamb's wool. So I don't know exactly why they were always, you know, rimmed in that fur. Maybe it was just a matter of when it falls, it looks cool and that's really all there is to it. But either way, it was satisfying to find that there was some history to it. And um, yeah. so they were all different. Like I found a picture of the original game or I believe is the original game because there really isn't that much information. And it's literally, it looks like they're just simply on a stepladder. It's a very rickety, very simple structure, just made of just very thin pieces of wood. And it has a uh, one, two, three, four, five, six rows of uh between 2 and 4 depending on the size of the the different dolls and um they are all completely different like like the shape is the same they're all rimmed in fur of different colors um but the the actual like what they painted on those canvas dolls they're all completely different um i even found one that was painted to look like hitler and his nose was bleeding um there's it's weird there's like so many different ones so you would have your own and you would just make them look like anything you want it was clearly an accepted thing to make them that size and that shape out of these materials gotta have the fur on there on the rim but like uh but yeah you could just make them paint them however you want other than that just follow those basic rules it's like a pop it's like oh a funko pop like oh, uh make it look however you want as long as it looks like a funko pop right <laughs> but anyway uh, the final the final thing that I think is incredibly fascinating is I found, you know, a, a picture of these vintage dolls. Uh, Two of them are 100 percent the clowns that we know the same exact screaming clown, yellow <laughs> belly, blue mouth, the red nose. I mean, it's just the exact thing. So what I think must have happened is I don't know if it was 1980 or if it was. Earlier than that, I don't know whoever, if it was Ice or if it was somebody before them, whoever decided to take this into the modern age, I bet you anything what happened is they probably had one and it was the clown and they just made all of them look like that or something because every company since 1980 that makes these, they look the same. It's not only Ice that does them and they always are these same looking clown guys with the the open mouths. It's such a weird thing but but by god they they are in this photograph and they look 100 years old.
3: Man, um, that's crazy.
1: It's so weird. They didn't they didn't keep the you know the diversity of like let's make them whatever we want. They're like no, oh we have this one. They all have to look like make them look like this. Mass produce this one and all the other designs went away. Completely. It's just all this one clown, the same clown. So anyway, so that's, that's my, like uh, my little twofer for down the clown. And then if you're interested in uh, checking out the really old stuff, you got to look up carnival knockdown dolls.
3: Awesome. That's so crazy. Yeah. I mean, those, those dolls are just kind of burned in your brain.
1: Yeah, they really are. They really, really so many
3: times. And they're so weird and so distinct.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, for all I know, there are other versions that have, like, I sort of remember a vague memory of, like, one that was cats or something like that. But either way, those clowns are everywhere. Those very specific, the one that you're thinking of. Um, yep. But anyway, so I thought that was pretty cool. I'm I'm happy yeah. I found what I could find because really it's yeah, satisfying it was, to find it was, something. Yeah, it was really hard to uncover even that much. But uh, the pictures are really great. It's really interesting.
3: Nice, so.
1: awesome. So anyway, yeah, eight bit. Hello. You got okay. one more. Yeah.
3: I do have one more. Uh, so the game that uh, that you know, I I've avoided mentioning at all because of this, you know, leading up to this moment. But like my my favorite game at carnivals uh, was for a long time the coin pusher. Oh, yeah. and uh the coin pusher was first introduced to me uh you know i grew up in massachusetts and uh, in franklin massachusetts there used to be a uh a fourth of july carnival but it happened mm-hmm. on a day other than the fourth of july so I, I lived in milford and we had our carnival and that was fine um, but the Franklin. Franklin Carnival was so much better. I really, really loved it, and there were some amazing rides and stuff there. But it was the first time I ever got introduced to a coin pusher game, and I have a very, very, you know, core memory of this one time, um, you know, being there uh, with my family, with my mom, and and I'm sure you were there, Steve, and and what, and you know, probably other people too. Um, but I remember sitting down and, and playing at this coin pusher thing. And, uh, and just thinking that it was so cool and so much fun. And I I was able to, you know, plunk in a coin and watch it push down and cascade all these other coins. And then all the coins that I got to fall off, you know, would come right out. And then that would be that many more plays that I would get. And so, you know, one coin could turn into 40 additional coins, and you just kind of kept playing it and earning tickets and whatever. Um, so I really loved that game and all the other ones that I found you know various different iterations over time could never quite capture like the fun of that first time uh, but you know they've really come a long way and, and done a lot of things to kind of change up the game but they they have a pretty long history um, so I found uh, a lot of information about coin pushers from a website called inter game online in an article called pushing coins through the ages um this article was written from the perspective of someone who grew up in the uk um, but a lot of the information is still pertinent um so like i said a, a coin pusher is a game where you insert a coin and then it gets tossed down onto a field featuring a large two-tiered shelf that is covered in coins and a wide pushing mechanism spans the width of the top shelf and the idea is to kind of put enough coins in there that the the pusher will offset the coins that are on the top and push them to the bottom and then the next shelf gets pushed as it as it kind of you know collapses in and before you know it you've gotten uh, a whole bunch of coins that have dumped off into the collection bin and and there is your your reward and like i said when i first started playing these uh when the coins would get pushed into the collection bin they would physically get you know, placed in there and you could just pick them up and they were usually quarters. Um, Later on, they stopped doing that and the coins just get recycled back into the machine. And every time a coin falls down, you'd get like a ticket or, you know, whatever. It's a a redemption game. Um, Now, granted, some people might consider these games to be more luck than skill, um, but I would say that a lot of the different coin pushes out there vary greatly in how much the player can honestly influence the action. Some of them, you just put the coin in and it goes wherever and There's not really much you can do other than Mm -hmm. time, you know, timing based time, time exactly how you're going to do it. Um, But other ones, they've incorporated, you know, movable arms, movable ramps, things that you're able to actually kind of decide how you want to, you know, shoot the coin. And if you want to change the trajectory and different stuff like that. Um, So, you know, it's kind of it's changed a bit over over the years. Um, But the the concept for the coin pusher was first pioneered uh, by the game called Wheel a Win. That's Wheel A Win, a circular game with sweeping arms that pushed coins down holes. Uh, This game would later be iterated on and the holes were removed and the likenesses of Hollywood famous actors were added to create a game called film stars uh film stars featured the likenesses of humphrey bogart errol flynn and marilyn monroe to name a few Um, and the player would insert a coin and had to have their coin land and stop in front of the face of one of the different actors and each different actor would have you know their own point value associated with them that kind of thing um The game was made by Alfred Crompton and his brother, Jim Crompton, in the early 1960s in conjunction with the Bates Company. Um, The uh, Cromptons uh, would actually go on after that and go on to do a lot more work with this style of game. Uh, Jim Crompton, uh, who after the death of his brother, Alfred, uh, decided to carry on this legacy and make uh, games that would become pretty famous in the history of Redemption games. Uh, and these games were known as Penny Falls, Double Falls, and Splashdown. And these were fixtures at the Coney Island um, and many other spots for you know, upwards of 25 years or more. Um, Point Pusher mm-hmm. also became very popular in Japan, as it would happen to be. Uh, a person by the name of Mr. Manabwe from the Sigma Company saw the games that were being made by the Cromptons and licensed it from them in order to produce them in Japan. And and so there was a bunch of different games that were the coin pushers made in Japan. But uh, interestingly, gaming mega corporation Sega took a shine to the coin pusher in the late 1980s.
1: Oh, I've never heard of them.
3: Joe, you have to have heard them. You know, I Sega, they it. made that game gain I, I ground.
1: Oh, uh, vaguely,
3: vaguely. Okay. I okay.
1: think Aldo always talks about them or something. I don't
3: know. Uh, yeah, yeah, that sounds right. That sounds mm-hmm. like his thing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Sega took a shine to the coin pusher in the late 1980s and, and into the late 90s. And they made. Uh, many games. I found a collection of the ones that Sega produced on a website called System 16 and they have an article called the Sega Coin Pusher Hardware. But they were, none of them were themed after any Sega video games or anything. Um, They were just all original ideas. Uh, The ones that looked really cool to me, they had one called Castle Coaster, uh, Western Dream looked like to be one of their first ones. Uh, There's something called Aqua Stage and Galaxy Dream. Uh, just to name a few, but none of them ever ended up leaving Japan or even moving into Europe. They just kind of stayed there. Um, the coin pushers in Belgium uh, were, were kind of uh, spearheaded by a man named Vincent Van- de uh who <laughs> found that the pusher was the only payout machine that was allowed in traveling fairs in France and Belgium. So mm. he made a business out of this concept and spread it to arcades as well. Um Many early coin pusher machines were set up for just one player per machine. Um, But later on, the hexagonal six player style would become more popular. Um, And that's actually probably what you've seen like if you've ever seen the, yeah, the yeah. star trek or the dc superheroes yeah. there's always like six open seats that you can you can do so the hexagonal style became really popular later um and it was you know it was functional and it also was kind of like a flashy showpiece for arcades and casinos it just drew people in mm-hmm. um there were also some other formats um or layouts for them there was a three in a line style and there was a um some machines that Went for an eight-player style with four machines um, set up back to back. Although it was much less common, um, I think they were not they were not as favorable as something like a slot machine to take up that much space. Uh, um, wherever the coin pusher was desired, but uh, cash gambling was prohibited, uh, the use of tokens actually became uh, a necessity. Because instead of being able to do, you know, quarters or coins or any actual currency, they could navigate around, you know, troublesome jurisdiction by just making them tokens. Now they're not money. Now it's a redemption game. You know, it's the equivalent of a ticket. Uh, Jim Crompton actually never patented the coin pusher, although being the inventor of it. um, He didn't think that the game would last more than a couple years. So he didn't want to spend the money on a patent for it. And uh, because wow. of that everyone in the entire world <laughs> was able to copy it you know right. I mean mr. Manawe happened to license the games from them and, and produce them in Japan but nobody else bothered to to do that, they just came up with their own copycats. Right. Uh, so, you know, now according to this article, with more than two hundred thousand pusher machines operating all over the world, from oh, boardwalk man. arcades to high-end to high-end casinos, hindsight is definitely twenty twenty for yeah. Jim Crompton. Uh, now, I mean, he's—I I think he is no longer with us, but Jim's son Gordon uh, actually continued his father's legacy with his own company called Game Concepts that created. Uh, as as recently as 2008, I couldn't find any other strong information about this company and what they've made. Um, But Game Concepts would create new coin pusher machines, uh, one such called Deep Sea Treasures in 2008 that featured a hybrid of a digital display and a traditional coin pusher shelf system. So you would have like the whole, you know, vertical part of the machine that had kind of like a, you know, iPad type display with fish going by and all these other different graphics, whatever. And then, you know, the coin would inevitably come down to the bottom and still have a pushing aspect to it. So I thought that was really interesting and cool that like, you know, it's it's like this linearity it's that jim and his brother started this thing so long ago the progenitors of the coin pusher and then his son you know carried it on further and 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 you know tried to make a few of them uh but now you know the, the coin pusher in modern arcades like i said they have they're just a huge variety but most of them are all pop culture icons like star trek and dc and spongebob mm-hmm. the flintstones wizard of oz like they just they have all these yeah that dc
1: one i played a lot Um yeah and yep, that but, was a really fun one. Those cards are so cool, you just want to keep them.
3: Yeah. On. Oh my God. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. So, like, so like you just said, the game, uh, the games would, would eventually incorporate these cards. Not only are you trying to get these tokens to fall off, but you're trying to get these cards to also topple over. And the cards would go into the collection bin. And the idea is that you could trade them in, or you could collect a full set and trade them in for a, a much greater value of tickets. Or you could just keep them. And I mean, honestly, I, I think I've always just kept them. I I actually got <laughs> a complete set of uh, first-generation Star Trek cards from the Star Trek coin pusher at Dave & Buster's. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Damn. So the Dave & Buster's has, oh, uh, has a variety of coin pushers there. And uh, and they have the Star Trek G1. And that one is my favorite. It's the most fun to play. The cards are awesome. And uh, and I have a full set of the cards from that. I think there's like six or seven, and you know it was it's it's kind of the fun of every time you visit the given arcade Going to that machine, and and this one is is a hexagonal one, and going around it and looking at all six sides and being like, okay, which one card I don't have? And then you kind of look around and you see, like, all right, that one's got one, but it's in a terrible spot. And then you keep going and you're like, all right, that one is really close to the edge. I could probably get. that Bones McCoy, if I really, if I really want it, <laughs> and uh, and so you know, I did that. I did that. I have them. They're actually they're they're in my car, and I'm like, I don't know, maybe I'll turn them in and get tickets, but I'm like, no, nah, I don't think I will. I, I think they're <laughs> cool, and it's it's a it's a fun little collectible thing. Yeah, um, right. But yeah, I mean, I I think that the Coin Pusher game is is just one of my favorites, and I, I know that there's a a lot of different kind of spins on it, uh, but it has a pretty neat history, little history there. And uh, yeah, it's it's kind of amazing, you know. You take some of these for granted and don't even realize how uh, how long they've been kicking around. You know, some people playing yeah. these as early as the, the '60s. Yeah, but, wow. Yeah, pretty neat, crazy man. Well, yeah.
1: well, you uh, you really, you really brought it tonight with those two deep dives. My God, that's uh, right? that's good stuff. Thanks a lot for uh, for uh, doing all that.
3: Sure thing. I have the internet to thank. But like <laughs> yeah. you said, it was. It was hard. It, it was, was not like a, a slam dunk to find right, that info. Right. It was fun going to the second page of Google. You know, <laughs> really? it was it was nice to not have it be like the second thing I had to click on.
1: <laughs> right. Um, awesome stuff, man. Awesome. Yeah, I had no idea. I had no idea. I was never like that big into those, but I remember that like you always did love that. I always I equated love, them with yeah. you. But uh, yeah, oh my god, those those DC villain cards were so cool. Mm-hmm
3: you the heroes and the villains, and it's oh. like every like you know 10 or 20 coins you'd put in would spit out a card. And actually, one of the other mechanics I didn't mention but I like a lot is that uh, some of the ones now, every time you put a coin in or you launch a coin, uh, it fills up a little gauge. And if you fill up the whole circle, it'll start a roulette wheel. And a lot of times, the roulette wheel will land on uh, giving you a bunch of free plays. And a bunch of times that's happened with the Star Trek one where, you know, put in whatever you know play off of somebody else's game they didn't realize how close they were to spinning the thing and you know it's like oh you got 50 free plays just like bang like that like for nothing and (laughs) so that honestly captain
1: pikes you're like come on (laughs) fuck off
3: but uh yeah that that element really adds a longevity to it because like if you just like you spin the wheel after a few plays and you get 50 free plays you're like i have 150 plays like i i can't stop (laughs) playing this i can't quit you let me stop. Let me leave. <laughs> you have more to do.
1: You just need that coveted Doctor Pulaski card. There's only one in every hundred machines.
3: No, the rarest one was the friggin' uh, the the what is it? The the triffids or tr- what? What, what, what tri- the heck is it? Uh, oh, the tribbles. Tribbles. Tri- tri- yeah, tribbles. Yeah, the yeah. tribbles card took me fucking forever to get, <laughs> but I have the tribbles card. Oh, man, that's good stuff.
1: <laughs> All right, Nitenjo.
3: Yes. Give yeah.
0: us what you got. Yeah, so uh, another game that uh, I played a lot with with Dr. matteo is a game called Slam a Winner. Hmm. And uh, there's, a, there's a, a little description that I'll read off. Uh, this is from uh, udc.co.uk. Um, it's a neat little website. Uh, so the, the description says... Time to time it right to, to oh my god, I can't read. <laughs> time it right so the ball falls through the, the bonus target and when extra ball drops or mountains of tickets. Mm-hmm. Fun meteors falling from the sky theme, dynamic sound effects, and an attractive minimal floor space cabinet design. Even if you miss the bonus hole on the first shot, the bouncy ball careens around the play area before dropping into oh, a, right. to a point hole
1: pure excitement
0: hit the slam button and release a high energy ball aiming aiming at holes in the spinning horizontal wheel below so this was the game that dr maddio was really into like she was more geared towards this of all these redemption games that were at the bowling alley and uh again she was she was small enough uh that you know i had to have her on on my knee, even then at the first time we played it, it was really difficult for her to hit that, that button. That was oh. like her favorite thing to do was hitting that fucking button. And um, she would hit it multiple times and be like, No, 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 just hit just once. <laughs> once is good, and uh she kicked so much ass in this game. It's for a little okay. little three-year-old. This like, is she,
1: the one, all right. This is the yes, one. Okay. This is the one,
0: okay. is the one that, that we played a ton. Like every year we would play this one, or she would play, and she would get the jackpot like almost every fucking time it was crazy and she just had so much fun with it and it was just fun just watching her just yeah the big smile on her face is you know watching the ball like bounce around like she loved watching the ball bounce around and everything it's super uh, fun super fun and it's just really cute to you know watch her have fun playing this Little, because there are different
1: oh, holes, there are different holes in the bottom, and it's it's like you never know. It's chaos theory. It's like, what's it gonna do this time? So right, there's no actual land? skill, right? It's just a matter of right, like, it's the just button. luck. And right, she it's got timing beat, like, every Yes, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah.
0: yeah, she she did really good in that one. I remember that the first time we played it, um she was too small to sit on my lap to hit the button. So I would like <laughs> have to like pick her up oh, oh, right? and let her hit it. Yeah. And <laughs> Killing me. Just, just, keep doing like, like every time, every time, it's just up and down, I'm just picking it up. I was like, okay, it's tiring. <laughs> but like, by, by, like the next year, she was tall enough where yeah. she could just sit on my knee and just hit the button. Like, no, whatever. and then you wish just,
1: that she was small again. You're I like, oh, son of yes, a bitch. Just,
0: yes, now, now, my, now, my legs killing me. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> nice. But yeah, so we we had a lot of fun with this one
1: slam nice. a winner slam. some I, of these names are just very
0: <laughs> interchangeable a, lo, a, lo, a lot of it is yeah blank blank a blank. a blank yes the a is always in there yes
3: <laughs> yep yeah it, it, it is so such a common theme yeah slam yeah. a winner i could not i could not have told you what this game was called for the life of me but yeah, i like, i had this game in my brain and i remembered playing it a number of times and i i really like it because like if you time it just right the ball doesn't even bounce at all it just goes boom and it just like perfectly <laughs> goes into yeah, the yeah, hole and it's just yeah. like the fucking bomb like <laughs> it just feels man. so yeah. awesome yeah the nothing yeah, but that feeling
0: yeah like i could not remember the name of this game either all i all i remember was just uh hitting a button and the ball would just dropped. like what kind of game re- redemption games has had this i'm like oh so i'm a winner this is exact this is the exact fucking
3: game. Right.
1: Cause it's not like it's a memorable name at all. At
3: all. No. No. You just remember <laughs> the mechanism. winner. Just remember, yeah. you remember just like Slam what what it was like. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, good stuff. Well, that's totally awesome. That's
1: cool that Dr. Maddieo has has been mentioned so many times this episode. I'm sure she'd be yes. like, Oh my God.
0: I'm, I'm so crying. embarrassed. <laughs> Ew. Oh my god, why would you say that? It's like, oh my god, Dad.
3: <laughs> oh, my um, god, so oh my god. <laughs> remember how we mentioned uh, like DDR <laughs> game that would win you tickets? Like, what if DDR yeah. would win you tickets? You guys remember yeah, yeah. Spider Stomping? No. No. It was like a spider web platform that you had to stand on, and every every axis of the spider web had a red button on it, and well, they would what, light what up. It called? Spider Stomping. It's it's very visually memorable for me. Um, this one oh, I, I definitely yes. loved, and and this was yes. kind of like a kind of like speed of light, kind of like DDR. But you had you know you had okay. to hit the, the lighting up buttons with your feet, and they would light up and stuff. And the more that you hit, the more tickets that you would get. But it just it just came to me when we were talking about Slam a Winner, and I was like, what the hell was that other one with the the stepping on the web thing? And I, and I just I remember that. Yeah. I just like the spider stomp, but I I really like one. I do remember.
0: I do remember. I've never um, actually played it. But Chuck yeah. E
3: Cheese. Chuck e. Cheese had this. This was like a, a mainstay of the Chuck E. Cheeses. Um, but yeah. Uh nice. Definitely really, really like
1: that one too. Cool. Nice. All right. So uh to bring us home, I'm going to uh present a game. That we all have played for sure. Uh, There are so many versions of this game by so many companies that it makes me think that it was also not patented. Um, It is the basketball simulator game. Um, There isn't really one solid name for it, uh, but it's the basketball game where you're you know, sometimes there's one, sometimes there's two or three next to each other, and you just uh, put your quarter in. You get a certain amount of time. The balls just keep coming. And it's just the franticness of you know trying to throw the ball as many times as you possibly can and get as many hoops as you possibly can. And you know, you're getting tickets. Everybody knows it. It's a super, super fun game and very intrinsic of the arcade experience. And uh, I, I just, I just want to talk about it. So, um, first of all, just when I looked up basketball redemption game in Google, like Google images, actually there are so freaking many variations that I just stopped I could have kept going, but (laughs) I wrote down a bunch. So there's one called hoop fever, NBA hoop troop, not goof troop, uh, mini dunks, (laughs) dunks spelled with two X's. Mini dunks sound delicious. Um, Two X's are superfluous. Amount of X's that is weird. A storm shot, street basketball, lil lil hoops, lil lil hoops, buzzer beater spelled B-E-E uh, dash T-E-R, buzzer beater. I don't know if there's an on it. Like it's not really that clever, guys. And honestly, so many friggin' more. It's not even worth re- writing them down. But there's just like so many. So anyway. Where did this originate is the question. Well, thank God I've, I've, I found it out. because It really did. As we're saying, take some doing. Um. So the original game is actually called triple shot and it was invented in 1981 by Ken Cochran. Uh, and he used it to form a company called Papa shot. The Papa shot company. Pop a shot again. I'm gonna the pop A's. a shot in your ass. <laughs> Who, uh, <laughs> by the way, the Pop Shot Company is still around today, and they still make the triple shot. Jesus, I think Christ. it's called. I think it's not called. the triple oh, shot. All anymore. the arcades have it by now. Yeah, like, I, I know. Seriously, them to I make mean, them one. I mean, it's so funny. So there are certain versions that are like for the home and for your backyard and all this stuff, but it's all about a portable basketball. Game experience and and the Papa Shot company does completely sell them. So here's the story: in 1981, Ken Cro- Ken Cochran was recuperating and restless after un- undergoing undergoing heart bypass surgery. The longtime college basketball coach's idle mind. This is all, by the way, from the Papa Shot website. This is their this is their company history. So I feel good about reading whenever it's like a company history thing. I love yeah. I actually love reading that stuff. I think it's great. Yeah, totally. Um, so the longtime college basketball coach's idle mind found inspiration in a mini basketball on his desk. Probably a probably if, a Nerf. We we've gone over Nerf. I don't know. It doesn't <laughs> say that. Uh, his initial idea was to put three small basketball rims on side by side backboards. With a net that would return the balls to the shooters. He had a local machine shop build a frame and a cabinet shop make the backboards. He then attached a volleyball net, it's literally all they used to function as the return ramp. He called this first game the triple shot. So I have a picture of it. Basically, it looks it looks exactly like you know, exactly like I described. So the basketball boards and nets are like, you know. Fairly large, they're definitely not small, they're all connected, and then on the sides, it's just basically making a tunnel out of the volleyball net material. So, you know, you're you're shooting it down, and it's just gonna hit the net and roll back down to you. That's basically all it is. The frame is like there, but it is not it's not as well thought out as they became, that's for sure. So the triple shot proved. Too cumbersome to transport. So, wah-wah, Cochran eliminated two of the baskets. Um, He built a new single basketball game with a frame and net return made especially for it. He put this game, which he titled Mini Basketball, in a local bar and charged $1 a minute to play. And that is pretty much that. So, yeah, I couldn't find any information about, like, you know, you said, 8-Bit, about how, you know that guy didn't you know patent it yeah but that does seem like what happened here with same thing with the, the coin pusher like
3: uh,
1: why why how could there possibly be this many right. i mean it's like everywhere and there are even nba licensed ones like there are ones i found that are i mean there was the one i mentioned the nba hoop troop but they they made tables based on teams so like okay if you're really want a chicago bulls you know or boston celtics or whatever it was like yep you can just get one and it's all themed and it's all like you know awesome looking and it's the same damn game they're all the same exact game but uh there's just a, a ton of different flavors ton of different companies making it so Anyway, that's that's pretty much that. I, I love the basketball game. I think everybody does. It's just a really mm-hmm. oh, fun yeah. one. You know, you know whether or not you're playing it all night, you know, is a different matter. You might just try it a couple of times, but it's always worth a play. Like, it, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. two, two, three fun. plays, easy. Like, you know, every time you got to just play basketball for a minute. Like, right. it's so, so fun. You don't even have to be a fan of basketball in general. I that's know.
3: It's, you it's really fun. don't. It's just fun.
1: It is a fun game. It's just a super, super fun game. Yeah. so anyway guys that is our meat and potatoes that is our episode uh minus one more thing that we will get to in one second but yeah um thanks a lot for listening and you know i think i think we filled two hours here which you know it always amazes me when we can do this sort of crap i don't know i don't okay. know how we do that but um
3: comes naturally.
1: Uh, yeah <laughs> right. yeah it, it just it just comes comes naturally somehow i i closed i closed our script i i don't have any memory of doing this Ah,
3: oh, whoops oh dude, my look. god i now I, we're not I gonna know a, what to say
1: i know i you know we say it every time but you know we we write it down so we don't have to memorize it that's the thing
3: right we offload, So i come to this know,
1: part of the episode and i'm supposed to say
3: okay
2: ready Yep. Right. Yes. That's is, this
1: is all I needed to say. Now it's almost time to catch that horizon, guys. But before we say goodbye, <laughs> it's literally <laughs> all I had to say. Let's go to this. You got your spiked gauntlets. You got your bullet belt. You got your leather jacket and your denim. You got your hairspray. Well, put them on because it's time for another edition of Power to the Metal.
0: What's up, everyone? This is Nintendo, and I am back with a Power to the Metal segment. And uh, this segment, I'm going to talk about this now-defunct band called Guardians of Time. Hmm. They were a power metal band from Norway. Surprisingly, they weren't black metal. Um, yeah, so they. I just found out today. I recently just discovered this band, and they broke up last year. Oh, wow. no. Just last year, and I was like... God damn it. The fuck? Every fucking time.
1: (laughs) Every band I love dies. The fuck? Every band I love dies. I feel like the goddamn Highlander. So
0: they they put out five albums plus an EP. Um, The first album is called Edge of Tomorrow, which came out in 2001. Then Machines of Mental Design, 2004. A beautiful atrocity in 2011. So there's a big gap there between albums. Um, and then rage and fire, which came out in 2015 and the final album, which is my favorite album of theirs called tearing up the world. And that came out in 2018. So I'm going to, I'm going to talk a little bit about tearing up the world. So it's my preferred album to recommend everyone. It's really good. It's definitely like their their heaviest one out of their catalog. Um, so, what drew, drew me to this band, I just happened to like randomly find them on Spotify. It was like some like a, a suggested uh, song or whatever of theirs, and and the song "Tearing Up the World" was on there, and so I figured I'd just check it out. And there's a guest vocalist on the song. Okay, and you will not fucking believe who is the guest vocalist.
1: Is it is it Heather?
0: No. <laughs> it's a <bot>. Abath. <laughs> a bot. a bot? Your your favorite. My favorite blackmail.
1: Oh vocalist. my god.
0: <laughs> and I am not even huge into blackmail, but I just love a bot. I just I, I don't know <laughs> can you not I don't know why.
1: You do, yeah, you do. Cause he's goofy. He's goofy. He's goofy. I mean, it, <laughs> so, <laughs> that, that helps yeah, so me. much.
0: So it was really interesting hearing black metal vocals on a power metal song. And I just fucking loved it. I'm like, this is fucking brilliant. Like I would love to hear more power metal with black metal style vocals. Yeah. It should be a thing like black and power metal or something. I don't know what you would call this subgenre, but it would be fucking amazing. <laughs> um, and there's another guest vocalist on, on another song called um, uh, fuck, As I Burn. Uh, Tim Ripper Owens sings on this one. Oh, nice. So, so you have two 2 well-known vocalists. Well, Tim Ripper Owens is more uh, well-known than Abatha is. Um, but both of those songs are fucking awesome. And so is the rest of the album. So I highly recommend checking out Tearing up the world from Guardians of Time, uh, awesome stuff. I'll probably, you know, when this episode airs, I'll probably, I'll, I'll post uh, the videos for both these songs I'm suggesting, and uh, just let me know what you guys think. Awesome, yeah, awesome,
1: great, Very cool. kick yeah. butt, man.
0: Hell More yeah.
1: quality metal, metal, metal. Yes. metal.
3: can i do it can i do a bonus b segment because i really i really (laughs) really have something i want to share with the class please that's
0: not the parasite steve
3: okay it's super quick Okay. This so, is hi. the C segment right here. This is the, the C, C segment. segment. Hi, hi so this is Ape and Alchemy, and I screwed up. And I wasn't supposed to do an extra thing on this episode, but I I, I thought of a thing I like to do, so I'm going to tell you about it. So so there's an extra episode of Retro Nouveau, and it is on a game called the Coin Game. And the coin game is a simulation game on Steam that came out in 2019 designed by Devotive Media and retails for $13.99. The coin game is a faithful recreation of the arcade going experience specifically tailored to recreating all of these redemption type games that we've been talking about, including... Cyclone, whack a mole, coin pushers, stacker, air hockey, all the classic coin you oh, know, yeah, uh, yeah. redemption games. Even uh, a know, basketball a spin, game.
0: It's been a winner's on there too. Oh,
3: yeah all sorts of different kinds of ones uh it is a total passion project they're always working on more stuff and updating it and stuff it's 14 bucks and you have the game Uh, i believe it's in early access and they've they've released some more updates as time has gone on i know people really like this this game is just kind of like a very fun you know little playground where you can you know roam around and play all these different you know, classic arcade games. You can earn tokens and tickets and stuff like that and go and redeem them for little prizes. They might be cosmetic or whatever. Um, And then as time goes on, the arcades will kind of get more business and more people and then they'll they'll unlock new games and stuff like that as they add them in. Really quick, just wanted to share that. The coin game, definitely worth taking a look at. And Mm -hmm. it is just so unbelievably relevant to what we were talking about. Yeah, nice. Okay, so, so
0: that, that was the the B point two segment.
3: Yeah, that was the B point two. <laughs> B point two. <laughs> B, our B point two segment. <laughs>
1: nice. All right. Well, that was awesome. So, really, you know, I love it when I'm not sure how an episode's going to come off, <clears throat> and then at the end of the episode, I feel like we nailed it. So. I hope everybody had fun. I certainly had fun. I think we covered a lot of really cool redemption games and it might not be a super obvious topic on the surface, but I think we proved to you that it was very retro and very appropriate and uh, I hope you had fun. So that officially does wrap up the episode. So if you haven't jumped ship by now, we certainly hope you enjoyed this week's journey over the treacherous waters of all the things that made growing up awesome. If you like what you've heard, please that, hit that little subscribe button and like us on Facebook and Twitter and youtube and all the places we got a lot of new stuff going on on youtube thanks to nintendo's efforts we got a got a few live video not live but live to tape video episodes up we got the uh of romulus episode was the first one you did we have our frank coniff episode just aired and then you threw that up and then you you uh also added our chris gersbeck episode as well yes so that's pretty cool we're kind of going back through. We have all the footage from these brigs we've been doing all year. And Joe's going to be putting more up too and uh uh yeah, it's been really fun, you know, getting a, you know, seeing that channel grow and seeing the responses and hopefully some different people are able to catch us on a different platform and a different way and you get to see our our beautiful ugly mugs and uh you know, you know, hopefully not throw up all over yourselves and uh, you know, all have a good time. Mm-hmm. It'll be great.
2: I love going um,
1: up. <laughs> but uh if you know, you know Hopefully you like what you heard and you'll like, give us a like a thumbs up. One of those thumbs up thingies or hit that bell or whatever the hell you're supposed to do over there. I don't know. I don't even know. I don't <laughs> even know. As well as being part of the Nebriar podcast network, retro Reductopus is also a full fledged member of the Darkening podcast network. So if you get a chance, please check out our sister shows like the weekly Warpipe, shark bites, East meets West podcast, the, Sc- the scream sisters, Files, What is that noise? Behold a pale podcast. Oh, there's so many throw it on Thursday. Uh, there's like we got all these all these peeps on the network with us and we love it so for more information or to subscribe to us or any of these great shows please visit thedorgoning.com and be sure to check out our killer sponsor Deadly Grounds Coffee Coffee to Die For I have been your host my name's Parasite Steve aka Steve Van Sampson and it is indeed a sad thing that your adventures have ended here
3: Greetings, everybody wait, Thank wait, you for hold, that Hold on, hold, on, wait, hold wait. on,
0: hold on, hold on No, Tim, I get the B segment Yeah, he gets no, the B segment I want yes. the B
3: segment Damn
0: it <laughs> Every time, every Steve episode, I have the B Why segment Why can't I remember that?
1: It's on the script, dude I <laughs> See? Don't have that I See how it much the accident. script helps The script is there For a reason
3: Okay. All right, so this is not greeting anybody.
1: This is gonna be the after the credit scene. So let's let's do it again (laughs) and Joe will come in. (laughs) For more shows like the one you just heard, check out the Dorkening Podcast Network at thedorkening.com.